This is the Broken Dreams Podcast with yours truly, Abhishank, and I have a very, very special guest with me, Ryan. So Ryan is a, can I call you a legacy child? Is that is a that legacy a, child? A legacy child? By definition, what does that mean? That means that Ryan comes from a, uh, an insane family to say the least. <laughs> uh, his father. Mentally or physically? No, no, like uh, intellectually. Okay. Very, okay. very accomplished family. Okay. I can't imagine the amount of pressure Uh, you must feel on a day-to-day basis. But to give you some background, so Ryan's dad was the CEO of the largest logistics company in the world, uh, DHL. So he started off being the CEO of DHL Singapore or India? Uh, DHL, I think it was Singapore, and then then we moved to India where he was on the mergers and acquisitions for... DHL acquiring companies, okay. Um, India, Pakistan, so like the Middle East, right? Um, yeah, and then he becomes the the CEO of DHL uh, Asia once he once he has the conversation with uh, the CEO of DHL Germany, right? Him, North America, and Germany sit down together. He flies out, and that's when it's decided that he will. Yeah. So again, specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, I I know for a fact that he was responsible for India, Pakistan, right. um, and North Africa, uh, so like the Middle East. But whether or not it was all of Asia, that's something that I'm not sure. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. But still, still massive. I mean, I didn't... So if I was not working at my previous company in robotics, I would have never understood how big DHL was like DHL is yeah it's the biggest logistics company in the world and it goes on par if not supersedes all these tech giants like they're a they're a behemoth in the space and uh they're just a little unknown I would say in the in the tech sector for 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 mainly our audience they might be unknown but they're it's insane the amount of impact they have the logistics they do they carry everything and anything, right? And they yeah. have the warehouses. They also do inventory management for most of the goods that are yeah. out here. Right. So DHL is not a tech company. Right. Uh, they they are a 3PL. So they provide everything from, uh, you know, shipping in ocean, shipping in air, right. uh, warehousing, contract warehousing. So you name it. And they work with typically, you know, every, um, every Fortune... 500 right a thousand company uh so they're really really well known they're very very good at what they do um and now there's a lot of consolidation especially due to covid in this space whereby you know the likes of for example a dsv is going through a lot of those same mergers and acquisitions that dhl did you know 20 years ago yeah right so there are a lot of companies that are catching up to dhl now but dhl has been doing it for so many years right because they started in like the 20s or 30s right like they are well one so, of the oldest so uh dhl was actually um it was a government so organization mm. and so they wanted to um so the german government wanted to um take that and make it public Right. So in order to do that, they merged with a company called Dances. Hmm. Um, again, that's 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 a little bit about you know DHL his background. So he would actually um, buy companies um, 
regionally, uh, so internationally, and he was traveling Monday to Friday. Um, and so... Uh, Did you not see him a lot growing up then? No, so I, I, he would make it a point to always be back for, for the weekends. Okay. Right, so Monday to Friday he would be out of town or he would be extremely, you know, extremely busy. But on the weekends it was always home time, right? So he made, he, he was very, it was very, very important that he spent that time with us. Was there, because he was doing such a important job, a high stress job, an extensive job, um, he was managing thousands of people, right? When he came back home, was he extremely exhausted? Yeah, in India alone, I think his staff count was over 10,000. That's nuts. Yeah. 10,000 direct reports? Uh, or, no. or just, yeah, 10,000 reports in general, right? Yeah, so... That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is insane. So was he, when he came back home for the weekends, was he really exhausted or was he still like very interactive and lively with you guys? Yeah, so uh, my dad, um, he... He, he plays instruments, so he plays the he plays the keyboards, he plays the guitar, he sings, um, and so he still had that work-life balance. And I don't think that you can you can function for those many years right. and not be able to balance out your life. So I think that's really really important. Uh, so people think that you know it's all about the money, it's all about status. When it's really you know when when you have to have balance in life, right. and I think that's something that he showed us is you know balance out. Um, because you, you can burn out, especially in a space like supply chain, right? Because your, 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 your working hours are blurred. Um, was he working around the clock? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, uh, in supply chain, right. You don't have defined hours. Okay. And anyone that wants to get into supply chain, right. It, get this through your head that you're working, you know, six, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, again, it depends on the type of work and it depends on the type of company that you work for. But across, um, whether you're a shipper, consignee, you are um, you know, a broker or a freight forwarder, customs broker, the, the job profile is if you're in management, be prepared to be working six to seven days a week. That's nuts. That's, 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 what that's what's is. required. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's why you really need to have a passion for what you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, passion, I think, is something that really um, keeps building on. Um, so that being said, you know, my dad, he was the one who actually encouraged me to get into this industry. Um, had it not been for him, God knows where I would be, right? Uh, so having, having, having a strong support like him having that guidance really helped me, you know, really helped uh, me figure out that, okay, you know what, why not I try supply chain? And so I did not major in it. Right. I took, um, I, I, I took a couple of courses um, through the Canadian International Freight Forwarders Association, and I took two courses from them, and that gave me a good, uh, you know, good theory on supply chain within North America. Got it. And so that could be everything from air, ocean, trucking, rail. Um, like how the, how the different pieces function and how they work together and who to contact for every single No, thing? no. So the program, uh, CIFA is, it's really a training body 
um, and it is an association. So the trading body, you can actually take courses that apply to North American uh, transport as well as as well as international transport. So that's air, ocean, right? Right. But it doesn't. But it doesn't go into detail as to how one works with like the other. But it's more so specifically like how can you load? You know how much can you load in a container? What are the different states? Everything from geography to specifics about sizing of containers, sizing of air pallets, trucking, rail. I mean, like you name it. So it's a pretty good course, and it was pretty cost effective too. I spent, uh, you know, it was something like I think less than a thousand dollars per course. Wow. As, yeah, as okay. compared to going to college and taking a yeah. supply chain course. Yeah. You know, going through all this ringmoral, right? Um, I felt it was extremely valuable. I learned what you know. I know that I was going to be doing on a day to day, right? Um, and then I took that, um, and I actually didn't work for my dad at first. So I went out, and I wanted to get exposure um, hands on first. Um, I did not want anything to kind of skew my, uh, you know. Actually, let's yeah. let's take a step back. So he works, yeah. So he works for DHL. Right. Uh, when he does worked. he retire? Yeah. When does he re- retire? When did he retire? Uh, shoot. I think that was probably uh, 2006. Yeah. Oh, 2006. Okay. Got yeah. it. And then when does he start your current? So uh, they own their own logistics company at this point. When does he start the current logistics company? Uh, so he started his logistics company back in, I think it was 2009. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. And then when did you come on board? Uh, so I came on board back in, I think it was 2016. Okay. Yeah, 2016, 2017 maybe. Yeah, so let's let's continue from there. So you, uh, where'd you work before? So I, I, so I got really, really lucky because when I was looking around for uh, my first job, J-O-B in transportation, Yeah. right? I was like, okay. But you knew in transportation or were you going to go? I know you worked for BMW first. So how did you make the transition? Yeah, so... <laughs> So when, when I was in high school, I had no idea. Like, I think most, most kids, right. you know, they don't really know what they want to do. They may no think idea. that they know, but until they verify and validate, who knows, right? And so the only way to verify and validate is actually go get experience. See if that job appeals to you. And, and, and how do you do that? Through a co-op. Right. So in high school, everyone loves cars. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Everyone wants to drive, right? The nice BMW, the Benz, etc., etc. Did you have a car in high school? I did not. Okay. To this day, I do not drive. Okay. Uh, I mean, I do not have a car. I drive. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and so, but as a kid, I used to love it. So I said, you know, I, I, I love cars. I love working on cars. We, we had a shop class where in high school we used to... Um, work on cars that could be everything from oil changes to brake changes to grade, the grade 10 auto class yeah. grade 10 grade 11 grade yeah. 12 so i went i went all through uh, oh, um, wow. yeah and and uh, so we we used to do uh, welding we used to do sanding we used to do uh, i mean like you name it and so that i found was extremely exciting because no day was like you know no yeah exactly yeah. and so i switched so right after or once I graduated high school, mm-hmm. one of my teachers says, Ryan, why don't you, why don't you become a car technician? So out of curiosity, were your parents saying anything 
during high school that you should go into no, 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 no. My, my parents were like very, you know, you do what you want to do. There was no guidance or direction and no they, they were they, they were there yeah they were very much there to support and whatnot but they were like they were not your they they were not your traditional asian family they were like you do what you think you know uh works for you yeah that's it so i had pretty much uh you know free reign and i wow. had no idea what i wanted to do so i said okay that's stressful for you but well, I, I think it's 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 not just stressful for me. Yeah. I think it's it's stressful for every kid out I there. I agree. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but so af- after after high school, I actually came back and did a victory lap, and nice. I did a co-op. Yeah. And so my high school was going to put me in this two-man garage, and there's nothing wrong with it, but they were going to put me in this two-man garage, yeah. and I was supposed to spend four to five months off uh, my time yeah. working in this garage, and I was like, you know, it's cool. But maybe I can find something on my own. Yeah. Because the, the, the high school and this garage had had a strategic so like partnership, right? So their students would go to uh, this, this garage yeah. every year and it was literally a two-bay garage. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That's cool, but maybe I can find something on my own. Did you do Wemis or something? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So so it was a like it was a what was that? No, did you do a high skills major? That's what I meant to ask. What a high skills major? Yeah, because usually when you do co op in high school and you do Wemis, you do like a high skills major. So they give you on your diploma, they do like you, pa- you like you completed high school mm-hmm. plus you have a high skills major in like a body shop or like a car mechanic. So you probably did that on your diploma. Because you did those, you fulfilled those requirements. Okay, no. So in 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 high school here in Canada, at least, yeah. Or at least when I went to school, mm-hmm. um, there was no high skills uh, major. Yeah, so high okay. school major. Yeah. Got it. Um, but continue, yeah. So co-op, you went to find it yourself. Yeah. So I would actually uh, after the first two weeks of co-op class, when I found out that this was going to be the case. And I, then I spoke to students that had been in the program. They explained, you know, how, how, how it works. I said, let me go out and actually create an opportunity myself. Mm-hmm. So I actually, uh, right beside my house, maybe, you know, maybe five blocks away or six blocks away, I have Audi, Volvo, Benz, yeah. Subaru, General Motors, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so I went to each of those dealerships right. and I spoke to the GM there. The GM stands for general manager. Right. And the GM of all dealerships, uh, except for Mercedes-Benz and Audi, they expressed interest right away. They said, great, co-op student will take you on. A co-op student, by the for way, is free, not... For free, right? For free, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So a co-op student in high school is not paid. Right. So they were all jumping at it, said free labor, great. And auto auto shop, not the sales, right? Auto shop, yeah, that's correct. Got it. Okay, yeah. so it was working on the garage, working on cars, you know, and so uh, Volvo, General Motors, uh, Subaru, they all said yes. But I walked into Benz, and as soon as I walked into Benz, I was like, man, how cool would it be working here, right? They had the C-classes out, which is your... You know, which is your um, uh, your four door, so like sedan. Uh, you've got your S class, which is like top of the line. And I'm looking around. I'm walking through the showroom. I'm like, man, this is top notch. How cool would it? How cool would it be to work here? Anyway, 
And then was this very different than all the like was this very different than the the Audis and uh yeah so Audi I walked in and you know I, I it it the BMWs yeah was so the atmosphere way better in in Mercedes yeah I I felt so okay. I felt so because the dealership is it's massive and Audi had a much smaller dealership um the the cars I always you know, I've, I've always liked Benz. Um, so I said, you know, this would be an amazing place to work. Because you've ridden in a Benz or you like... No, I, I, I'd been in, I had been in an Audi, I'd been in a Benz, I'd been in, in a BMW. But there was just something so striking about being in that specific dealership. Uh, it was huge. It was probably the four or five times the size of Audi. Okay. Um, they had every possible car... Yeah. Um, and every possible model on the floor because they had so much space. Yeah. Uh, the salespeople there, you know, it was it was a different profile. And so I'm thinking like myself, the way they dressed, the way they groomed. Well, all of that? Uh, the way that uh, you could tell, you know, one at at Audi, yeah. they had I think only maybe four or five salespeople, but at Benz. You had like it was something like 20, 25 sales. It was people. a free for all. It was a free for all. Right? You had new, you had used. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and so insane. immediately you, you realize this this place is scale, right? Yeah. This this place has a lot of growth. Yeah. So uh, I I went to go meet the GM, right. and the general manager, um, the girls at the front desk mentioned, you know, he's busy right now, yeah. and that turned into. I said, okay, when can I meet him? They said, oh, just sit down for about an hour. I mean, they, they, they said to have a seat. They did not disclose how long it was going to take. Yeah. So me being, okay, great, I'll just sit down and yeah. I'll expect the general manager right, to walk up. Right. Right. Well, an hour goes by, no one shows up. Right. I would have called my dad. If I had your dad, I'd call my dad. No, no, no. I'd be like, stop all freight coming in cars. DHL is not shipping cars no more. Yeah, so um after after an hour waiting, yeah, I walked over to the girls at the front desk. I was like, Hey, I've been waiting there for an hour and they're like, Yeah, he's really, really busy. That's nuts. Yeah, okay. That's um, so disrespectful. Yeah. So they said you have two options. You can keep waiting or you can come back. So I came back to Ben's another five times. Five times? Five times. Like I, every day kind yeah. of thing? And no, no, no. So I would come back like once every you know three or four days. Um, and so, and every time I would come back, you know, keep in mind, this is, this was, um, this was September Right, we were getting to the colder months, and I would walk all the way from from my place all the way to Ben's. So it was, and and it was quite a walk. It was a good, like I think it was like an hour walk at least. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So it's an hour. So that I were there an hour back, insane. and then and then every time I would wait there, I would wait for like an hour. So I would spend like three hours just waiting for this man. Why didn't you just ask for a ride from like your family or something? No, no. So I don't know, but yeah. at the time. Um, That's Crazy. Yeah. That's dedication. Yeah. So continue. Yeah. So the fifth time, I was so frustrated. I was like, "Man, I come here, I wait here an hour. Sure, I get hot chocolate for free, but there's only so much hot chocolate I can drink, right?" How many were you drinking? Like, I was drinking three? one. I was drinking oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but the fifth time I came in, yeah. 
again, the same thing. And by, by this time, the girls knew who I was, or like the girls at the front desk. And they knew me on a first name basis. I knew them on a first name basis. And so they're like, listen, he, um, he doesn't see co-op students. And so I was thinking to myself, well, you could have told me that f- at first. I wonder why they didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but he must, he probably told them, you know, this kid keeps coming back. Right. Just tell him that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, um, long story short, um, that time I said, you know what? I'm just going to go knock on his door. So I actually... And they let you... I know. I just, I just went. I just knocked on his door. And I'm like, hey, this is Ryan. I'm a co-op student. This is the, this, this is the high school that I go to. I've been here like five times. And I'm not asking for a whole lot of time. I'm just asking for five minutes. If you don't like what you're hearing in five minutes, I'll walk myself out and you will not see me again. So he was like, okay, fine. Have a seat. Was he completely free at that time? No, he was, was busy. He, oh, he was, was busy. Yeah. Legitimately busy. He was legitimately busy. Yeah, these guys are running a tight shop, right? Okay. They've got they've they've got twenty something bays. Okay. They've and this and this is the service manager. Sorry, he yeah. was he, he was he was not the general manager, he was the service manager. Got it. Yeah. But he gave me time of day. Right. When I did ask for it. Yeah. And so I sat down with him and we got talking. Which high school do you go to? Right, etc., etc. What's your program? And so I told him, I was like, "Listen, I scored the highest uh, marks in um, in shop class." Oh wow! Okay, uh, two, that's a huge achievement. Yeah, grade eleven and grade twelve out of everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, they they can only give that award out once, so once a year. Okay. And that's so huge. I was fortunate to get that award, um, and so when I explained that to him. He's like, listen, I've never, I've never taken on a co-op student, especially from your school system. Mm-hmm. But you start next week. Is that all right? I said, absolutely. Yeah. So that's how I started at Benz. And I didn't think much of it. I just, I really liked the interactions of going to every dealership, talking to, you know, the general manager or the service manager and that's something that I enjoyed, but it never caught my attention that that's what I enjoyed more than actually, you know, working at the shop. Right. And so where did you learn that, uh, like that sales skill from your father or anyone, or no. did it come naturally to you at that young of an age? So or did you see your father do it somewhere? Sure. So, so, yeah. so, so keep in mind, yeah. I'm not academically inclined. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so with that being said, Throughout high school, I was not academically inclined, and I realized that I have to, you know, I have to go out there and advocate. Um, and it, and 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 it wasn't something like you know, Ryan, this is something that you have to do. It's just something that just came to me, and I was like, you know what? Once once I got going in anything that I do, when it comes to you know, uh, sales and marketing, right? It just kind of yeah, right. It it just takes off, right? Um, so that's something that I saw, but it, again, it didn't hit me only, um, during my time at Ben's people would tell me, they're like, why are you working the, at, at this side of the uh, shop you should be in sales. Why? What would you say? Uh, because they could see, you know, the way that I, I talked to customers cause customers would come over to get, you know, so like feedback on, uh, how the job is going and whatnot. And they wanted to speak to the technician. 
And so initially when I started, I was doing, you know, the grunt jobs. Yeah. But I was, you know, I was being diligent. I was working really well. I was working long hours. And so they could see that I, I wanted more and, and, and I was constantly pushing myself. Right. And that turned into, okay, um, so like customers would come over and I would be able to talk to them. Right. Right. And so they were like, yeah, Ryan, you know, you, you speak well, you, um, you know, you, 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 you can address customers' concerns. Um, and for me, it's not just, uh, if I don't know something, I'm going to ask, right? And so I think that's really, really important. And so they, they, they were always giving me feedback, you know, Ryan, although you love working on this side, I think sales is more of your forte. You know, you're really, really good with people. And so, uh, again, it didn't hit me. And so while I was working at Ben's, I actually would, I found, I found a part-time gig as well. So I would work Monday to Friday. Wow. Yeah. I'd start my day at like 7.30 in the morning yeah. um, at the shop and we wouldn't end till about five or like 5.30. And remember, we have to clean up and whatnot, right? So our day doesn't end till about 5.30 at least. And then thereafter, I would walk across the street and I would work at Best Buy, which is a local electronics shop and so that was pretty cool um so i would work monday to friday at ben's and then friday saturday and sunday i would work at this place um so i love why it. best buy uh convenience it was literally across the street okay <laughs> so i walked in i and so all these companies they ask you to go online and they apply mm-hmm. i walk in and i talk to the manager and i tell them i was like listen i'm here i have applied online now you know there are some things that I try to um, speed up. So if I, if I tell them I've, you know, I've, I, I've applied online and I haven't heard back, they're going to probably speed me through. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, listen, I haven't heard back, yada, yada, yada. And that turns into, okay, well, since you're here, let's just do sort of the job interview. Or can you come in, you know, on this date? And so I lock it in pretty quickly. Right. And so that turns into, okay, great. You're here. Let's, let's go ahead and... Um, and take you in and so my job interview with Best Buy I had it directly with the general manager and that's huge and yeah and so they paid you for this right yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's why I got the job because I wasn't getting paid uh, but again I was getting experience so I think experience is a lot more valuable than pay right Uh, as long as you are fortunate enough to be someone you know uh, who has you know the means Right. right Um, so like a lot of kids don't have those means. Out of curiosity, the, when you, when you talked about Audi and Mercedes Benz and the, the, the pitch you gave that give me five minutes of your time, uh, if you don't like what you see, uh, you'll never see me again. Where did you get that, uh, that inclination to like close or that spiel? Yeah, that spiel to close. It just came to me. But like that's on like, the spot. You realize that's not natural, right? That's like people have to learn that. Yeah. I, by I, reading I, books or watching people, watching tutorials. Yeah. That's like a very nuanced sales thing that you had at the age of 17, 18. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, I think I realized that people's time is valuable. So right. as long as you tell them, hey, I'm not going to take a lot of your time. Just right. give me a few minutes. If you like what you hear, great. It's a win-win, right? You, you, you anyway have to hire someone, right? Um, Ben's was anyway, anyway going to uh, take on a co-op student, but they were not going to take on a co-op student from my school system. 
Yeah. They wanted to. Uh, they wanted University, someone. University probably. Yeah. Or college. Yeah. yeah. So they were very specific. So high school is is a big risk. Huge. Right. Huge. Um, You're taking on a child, like <laughs> literally a child, and it's someone crazy. that is not someone that is not even invested in the trade school program. Yeah. So there's no meat on the bones. There's no incentive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But here's someone who's like, you know, he's come five times. You can yeah. see that he's driven. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And the same thing with Best Buy. The manager, he, they've got so many bloody applicants that go through. Yeah. But I was there. Um, I sold it. He said, you know, why, why waste his time? He took me on. Right. And so something that I really enjoyed doing while I was in college was I used to just go to companies and speak to managers for jobs. Whether or not um, I was going to get the job or not, it didn't matter. I just enjoyed the fact that I would walk in and without formally completing any application, just talk to the manager and then be able to switch on. Did you want the job or sometimes you didn't even want it and just did it for like yeah, the so sake of doing it? I, I, I don't want to say that I would waste people's time. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, but I just enjoyed the thrill of it, right? Yeah. So I enjoyed the thrill of yeah. uh, being able to go in and talk to right and talk to manager. Now, if I got a job, I would I would take it. Was there ever a point where like you got multiple jobs and, and you had to tell the guy, oh yeah, I really liked your job, but I have something better. Yeah. So like one, one company that I came into. So, um, eventually once I finished with Benz, I realized, okay, you know, working as a car mechanic is not what I want to do. How did you figure that out though? What, what, what happened? <laughs> I, I, I started. Cause you loved the, the body shop, the auto shop yeah, in I high did. school. Like, I did. I did. You were the top award two yeah. years in a row so yeah. how did that switch happen to so like- that switch happened was um i started realizing that uh this space was going to get more and more so automated and the way that um and 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 of course ben's had it they had like a seven year to eight year period in whereby i would just be working uh, before i'm able to get what's called an apprenticeship so for seven to eight years, you'd be just waiting until you get an apprenticeship. So what are you getting paid and health insurance and all yeah? That? So you 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 get all of that. Okay. But you're working as you know, uh, you could be doing any odd jobs okay. that they typically have. Yeah. But uh, again, a seven to eight year period because they have so many qualp- they they have so many apprentices in line. Right, yeah. that have put in the time and worked yeah. there for six, seven, eight years, done what? That's insane. Yeah, so it's crazy. So by the time you finish, you've spent like a good ten years just waiting for a possibility of working. Mechanics are like, it's a the supply is huge. I guess the, su- the supply is huge, and especially yeah. working for uh, for for a place like Benz, yeah. high skilled, really really good training. Right. You know, they are the top of the the creme right. de la creme. Right. Um, and people come from BMW and Audi to work at Benz. Right. So that that is the level right. uh, of you know perfection, professionalism. Um, that technicians they swear by from coming from uh, that they swear by from coming from BMW they swear by from coming from Audi right. moving to Benz is a whole nother playing field right 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 so um, continue you were saying yeah so you saw that a lot of things would be automated apprenticeship would take six seven years you said yeah uh, so just just about six to about eight years right 
right? So roughly, and again, nothing is right. Nothing is in writing. So tomorrow, you can be let go if the market changes. Yeah. You know the system, and we were seeing when I started. You know, uh, six years or maybe eight years prior to that, the cars were only just getting introduced to all this tech. So two thousand and two, two thousand three was really when tech started. You really, you really started to see tech in the high end cars. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, in another ten years, the game's going to be so different. Right. Um, but again, it was it was more focused on what I wanted to do, and that was I felt that marketing and sales was more something that appealed to me, um, and so that's why I decided to go to Sheridan. Um, and I did my diploma. I did not do a bachelor's because mm-hmm. I found it a lot more valuable. Right. What's the different uh, bachelor's you have to get from a university? Diplomas yeah. through a college is that that's the right. major difference? I yeah. Mean? So college is more practical, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, versus uni, it's a lot more theory based. So I just felt you know two years and I'm out versus four years and you know. Yeah, so and that's 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 the way that that's the way. Did that your family have it. any input into your sales nope. marketing? They no. said free bird, <laughs> free reign. Yeah. yeah, even when you were doing the mechanic thing, they said free reign, do free whatever rain. you want. Free reign, yeah. Business, do whatever you want. Yeah. Just, just, just be a good person. Have, have, have good values. That was important to them, and so uh, was that your first close, the Mercedes Benz, when you got the job. Yeah, so in high school... Was that school, your first close or was there something before that? Everyone remembers their first close, I think. Uh, like a distinct memory. Yeah, I think I think that's where I... I mean, uh, let me think back. So grade 12, I took um, sales and marketing, which I really, really enjoyed. It was my only course that I took oh, wow. uh, for business marketing. That was my only exposure. Wow. And uh, we had to raise funds... In order to now, now, now that you mentioned it, we had to. Um, this, this, this was really my first area where I realized, okay, you know, this, this is a spark. This is something. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, I, our uh, project was to raise funds, and every group had to do so. Mm-hmm. And so I got a popcorn machine. So we ended up uh, selling popcorn and pop. You know, this is typically high margin stuff. Yeah. And high volume. Right. And so what ended up happening was I got the popcorn machine for free. Where'd you get that from? So it just happened that I was talking to the vice principal's assistant. Okay. And she was just talking in passing. And I told her, hey, I'm part of this program. This is what I'm looking to do. Um, And she was like, oh, I've got a friend of mine uh, who is a real estate agent. And, um, you know, he, he, he owns a popcorn machine. I was wow. like, oh, that's really cool. Wow. And then she's like, yeah, I I can put you in touch with him. This was someone I just met. That's nuts. Yeah, I did not know that's her. That's insane. And yeah. she just volunteered, and that turned into we got a popcorn machine. Right. And the guy did not want us, he did not want to take a dollar from us for even the popcorn. He was that's like, amazing. nothing doing. Yeah. And so then, he bought the popcorn for you guys. Yeah. He, yeah. Amazing. And yeah. we didn't ask him to. We right. were like, no, no, we, we, we want to pay. We have the funds. We can pay for it. He's like, nothing doing. I'm not taking anything from you guys. Uh, you guys just enjoy it. Learn from this experience and give back. Right. Right. Give okay. back when you can. Okay. And so there were four of us in that group. Two of these guys need to smoke pot. Okay. All day, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so. So uh, they didn't contribute much. They, they, they did not contribute much. Okay. 
but they, they were well connected in the sense that they have a lot of other pot smoking uh, friends, right? Oh, that enjoyed popcorn. Got it. Yeah. Pot. Sales wise. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, right. So no, I'm saying like when they got, when they smoked and then got hungry, they were perfect <laughs> yeah, they customers. Were perfect for customers. The, exactly. For the popcorn. Exactly. So they, they had a large network and I got along with everyone, right? So I worked really, really well. And then, uh, the, so the other guy in the group, he was good friends with the general manager of a grocery store. You know, they went to the same church. So he got all this pop for like dirt cheap. Like you won't believe the markup on pop. It's crazy. So he got all the stuff for, for crazy price. Wait, what price. is the markup? Like how much can you buy a Coca-Cola for? So I, I remember. So if you go to a store, um, you know, in those packs, I don't know what they sell them for right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was, it was like less than I think five cents or something like that cost. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Where? <laughs> no, this was cost. That's that's uh, so because we knew the GM. Yeah. He gave it to us for like dirt cheap, and that's wow. something we may want to remove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll so okay. Yeah, we'll remove it. Continue. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we got the stuff for a crazy that's price. Amazing. And we got so much of it because we're I'm like you know paying for coke right now <laughs> and by a margin. Do you still overpay for coke or do you no, still? No, I, have that I do not drink pop. Yeah. Oh, you don't drink. Yeah. Pop. No, yeah I. I just drink water. Okay. Um, uh, still like water and juice, yeah. But but anyway, so we got all the stuff for it, practically nothing. Right. We show up, and now no one knows how much we paid, right? Right. Not until like the whole deal is done. Right. Not until we have to present our findings, how much money we raised. So we start up like the popcorn machine. <laughs> we we start selling pop, and of course, mm-hmm. you know we have long lines because we're selling it for you know cheap, right? Like for example, like the canteen selling it for a buck fifty two dollars, and we're selling it for like fifty cents, right? And we're still That's, making yield, yeah, right. And then and and it's cold as well because we have it all in ice boxes, yeah. so you know. And then and, and the popcorn is fresh, so we have the two, two guys, uh, right, like. So, so the two potheads, yeah. uh, so working like the popcorn machine, yeah. it was, it was awesome. And so after, after doing all of these sales, now it's end of day, right? Um, we have a definite time in order to sell all this product. And as we were getting closer to the end of day, I realized I'm like, Hey, you know what? We still have a lot of inventory. Let me see if I can get rid of this. Right. So I started taking popcorn and I started taking, um, pop. And I would go class to class and I would offload. And I would, if I was selling at 50 cents on the dollar, I was willing to take a little bit of a cut. 25 cents? Uh, yeah, right. But, but the goal was yeah. sell off your inventory and just make, you know, and just make like a healthy margin because we bought enough. And we were selling out at that time. Yeah. But then I said, you know what? Let me just go class to class and just sell. Right. And so that's what I was doing. And it was like flying like hotcakes. We sold out completely. That's amazing. And so, you know, I really struggle with that. Like if I, I, I struggle with the, the, the concept of if someone's, if a competitor is selling for 150, mm-hmm. I'll go down to 125, but not lower. I really struggle with that mental barrier of going like, you know, super low. Yeah. So keep in mind, I had one day to sell all this product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What would I do with all this product? Yeah. I'm not going to inventory it. I'm not going to take it back to the store. So no, I get the logic, yeah. but there's a mental barrier there yeah. of like, oh, I just lost a bunch of money I could have made if I sold it for higher. But it's just a me thing, but continue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
but again, keep keep yeah. in mind yeah. if you don't sell that product, it's yeah, going to be sitting it's, and it's, it's going to be much better. Yeah. Absolutely. So take take a little bit of a uh, a lower margin yeah. and offload your product. Absolutely. Right. So that's 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 what we did. We completely sold out. Yeah. Um, and that was my first. N- n- since you asked the question, that was my first experience going, hey, you know what? Sales and marketing could be something that I might be good at. Who knows? How much money did you end up making? We, we were the top group. Okay. Um, and people actually, all the other groups, including, uh, including like the other classes, uh, they said it was not fair. It was not fair. Yeah, you got it free. <laughs> that, that we got it free, that we got, you know, pop for dirt yeah. cheap. Yeah. But you know what? In this world, things aren't... You know, fair and free. Did you tell them that? You should have. You've been like, in this world, <laughs> I did, things I, are free. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I said something along yeah. those lines. My father taught me that, you know. Yeah. That's how business works. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, it is not an even playing field, right. okay? Right. There's a lot of gray in this world. Right. So, uh, as long as you understand that, as long as you can be creative, you know, uh, but that's what I've realized. So, so, so how much do you remember the amount, though? Uh, I can't remember, but it was probably uh, north of seven hundred dollars. Huge, yeah, for That's one huge. day. Yeah, I the first time I did, uh, so I went to international business and technology in, in middle school. Okay, where I had to start a trade show. I had to do a trade show yeah. and do like a business. I think that day I made ninety bucks. So okay. on the grand scheme of things, seven hundred to ninety. Well, keep in mind there were four of us. Yeah, we had still huge, real no cost. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you ha- you, but yeah. but you have to put things yeah. into perspective, and you can't yeah. really compare it, right? But I'm just saying, like that seven hundred bucks in in revenue is is huge. Yeah. Well, it's that huge. that was that was profit. Sorry, profit. Seven hundred yeah. bucks in profit is even huger. Yeah. That's like, for like four high school that's, kids. That's not. <laughs> that's not. We would we would uh, back in those years. Yeah. yeah. To make like seven hundred bucks a day was you know yeah. it was it was right it was certainly a big thing. But anyway, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just been. You really, know what's funny? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in business, so mm-hmm. your your uh, your benchmarks are way different. Yeah. If a regular person made seven hundred bucks a day, mm. they would feel like a millionaire, <laughs> okay. even today. Okay, do you you realize that right? Like with our yeah. average salary right now is fifty grand. Sure. Right. Well off people make like a hundred grand. Yeah. That's still not seven hundred bucks a day. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> okay. It's nuts. But anyways, continue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you closed. Yeah. Um. I think. I think. I think. I think money is quite. Um. It is. A perception right it's quite right. subject to absolutely um so the people one, you surround yourself with yeah. and then what you do yeah. like uh what you do the stakes change massively when yeah, yeah you go from like yeah. one field to another yeah. employee to owner like those are huge yeah i remember changes. i used to save everything that i used to make so my savings was crazy it was like 90 cents on the dollar i used to save uh, because oh, when you started working uh, with your dad? No, no. Uh, when when I was working my, you know, when I was in school, yeah. and even after school, when I was working uh, with um, with this trucking company. Right. Uh, so my first real job in the industry was working for a company called Warner. And was, oh, nice, impressive. How'd you land Warner? So Warner, uh, they they are a trucking company. Right. And they just started into, uh, they just made a move into Canada. So I was the first salespeople, I, I was the first salesperson 
and <laughs> no experience in sales, but the manager connected with me. I connected with him. You know, it seemed like a great opportunity. They were they were going to How did were, you connect with the manager? Like who introduced you? Uh it was actually just uh I applied online. Um and they called me in and then he told me he's like Ryan, I've interviewed so many people, but the one thing that he he he, he I I will still remember this. He's like you're the only one who's bloody making notes. Every one of these salespeople come in and they talk mm-hmm. big shop. But you're the only one that is coming in and making notes. Yeah. And so... How old was this? How, when was this? I was 21, 22 at the time. Just after college? Just, just after college, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah so I must have been a, right maximum of 22. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And so you were taking notes and then? Yeah, and so he's like, listen, that really stood out to him. And he's like, this is, you know, this is professional. And this is what I need, and I, I'm I'm looking to build something here. Um, so I would like to hire you. He, he right he, he he told me right on the spot, and that was probably I could not have found a better um, so better mentor for my first opportunity um, than my boss uh, because he was he was you know he, I felt that he was pretty much like family. Um, That's huge. Yeah. So I was. Again, that's a big statement. Yeah, it really yeah. seemed like family. So we would actually go out for meals together, um, you know, every week. Did you have performance reviews and stuff? We would, we would. Was that tough, or he would treat you like family, even in those? No, he he would, reviews? you know, he would make it known, of course. So okay. he 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 would not blur those lines. Uh, so he was very professional. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to see me grow, right? So he invested in me. Uh, I mean, like the company invested in me. Great but company, there, but there was yeah. never like if you don't do this, you'll get canned, because that often happens with like performance what, review. Yeah, yeah, threats or I don't know what it is, but corporate structure. It's yeah, like, so you, you the reason they never yeah. become family. Yeah, is because there's always that like line as in like if you don't perform well enough, you will have to find something else. Yeah, right? so yeah. we. I had as a salesperson, that's what I was hired for, right? right. Bringing in the sales. Right. Um, my expectation was hit my targets. Right. My Absolutely. first job. Absolutely. I'm not able to hit my targets. But they gave me time. They Got let it. me develop. Got it. And so, you know, that, that was really, really important for me. Yeah. And so I remember even being able to pick up the phone, or rather when I would pick up the phone, I could not even say hello. I would stammer it out. I was, you know, that that was my first couple of calls, yeah. right? Or at least my first maybe two weeks. It was extremely challenging. But as you keep on it, you keep consistent, you know, and you keep doing it just because you don't like something, just because you pick up the phone and you're afraid of what to say, you just keep building on it. And you, and you realize, you're like, hey, a customer is going to ask me X, Y, Z questions. These questions don't change. As long as I have the answers for it, I'm able to then move up in the next sales call, right? It's about understanding, okay, a customer is a person. Understanding their needs, understanding what they're looking for. If you can't offer them value, don't waste their time. Absolutely. Right? And so that's something I learned So like early on. Um, really, really fortunate. Great people in the company. Uh, to this day, I still keep in touch with them. Um, that's huge. This was after the, the $900 logistics course you completed, right? Yeah. So yeah. this was, yeah, this, this, this was... Yeah, so this was pretty much right, right after that. Because he probably took that into consideration while hiring you, that you had uh, 
Probably, probably, yeah, right? yeah, because most most of the people that were uh, going through these jobs or apply for them at least in 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 the trucking space are not um, are not certified. Yeah, they're they're doing it because they haven't they've not been able to you know, yeah, especially being your first job. Um, so that being said, it was a you know, it was great. Learned a lot from 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 them, and that's when um, you know. I decided, I said, it's not working out here. Um, I was let go because you have to meet your targets and I was just not able to. Did your general, did the, did your uh, manager yeah. let you go? He did. Okay. That must and, have been And again, insane, yeah. no, no, no. Again, it's, if you aren't able to pull your numbers, you know, that's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hold him responsible for it. Right. It, uh, it's my responsibility to make sure that I pull those numbers, right? So was that, it ever tough? Like you, you mentioned this. You said that like you really felt like family with them. Yeah. Was because, that hard to like? No, go no, through no. that and no, then no, also no. Have... I I completely understand yeah. that you know one is um, treating someone like family yeah. is really really important. Okay. Right? Yeah. You build trust so much quicker um, and. And at the same time, I knew that uh, we had a professional working relationship, right? So we had to make that distinct. And so he had to do what he had to do. Uh, and Because I'm, that's right for the business. That's right, right for the business, exactly, right? Yeah. So just because something doesn't work out doesn't mean that someone holds something to you personally, right? He would have loved to keep me on, I'm sure, Yeah. right? Yeah. As 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 a friend, but that's, that's, that is not important. Right. I mean, but more importantly is he has a duty. Yeah. He works for the company. Right. You know? And so that being said, I said, if, if I'm going to spend this time working for someone else, I might as well, uh, work for myself. And so that's how I started. Um, it was challenging. Right. Because uh, why didn't you do it before when you graduated college? Why wasn't your first inclination? I'll work for my dad because I I didn't I didn't want it to come easy. I wanted to go out work, you know. Because did you think it would come easy at that point? Yeah, because I'm sure this whole endeavor that you've pursued for the past five years hasn't been. It's been far from easy. No, but what probably what, way more. What I wanted is yeah. I didn't want to feel complacent. Yeah. I wanted to feel you know that I was that um, or I, I wanted or like nepotism of any sort or any of that, right? Yeah. So I I I really wanted. Um, a real opportunity to work at, at a corporate company and get exposure right, right. to how things work, right, the structure, etc. Right. And so I, I got a sense of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. But I'm thinking to myself, it comes down to how do I build a business? Uh, I mean, I'm anyway building a book of business. Um, now I might as well work for myself. Yeah. And the great thing is my, uh, my dad is so well connected. If I didn't have my dad, I wouldn't. I would not want to uh, go out on my own, because it is crazy, right? The like the people that you need to know, uh, the requirements, the compliance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I said, you know what? I've got him. Um, this this so many people don't have someone like him. Let me do it. And so the what first, was his response? He said, yeah. Like immediately or were, were there any repercussions? No, he said, are you sure that you, you that you want to do this? 
And why did he say that? Like, what was the, the well, risk? Well, he wanted to make sure that I was, you know, that I was serious. And I wasn't just doing it just just for a... Uh, to escape know. the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, just, just, just for a J-O-B. Yeah. Um, and so I told him, I said, no, absolutely. I, I, I do want to do it because I'm spending so, so much time, you know, engaging in customers, growing my own book of business and having someone like you is huge. So yeah, absolutely. So when I started, you know, the first year was definitely rough, but after getting my book of business, I was working in everything from aerospace to defense to chemicals. And I started realizing that, you know, I really, really enjoy this uh, this line of work. I enjoy talking to people, but I enjoy solving problems, especially supply chain. It's so bloody complicated. Um, did he provide enough direction? Did I he, provide? Did he? No, it was a pretty much hands-off approach. He's like, really? Yeah, hands-off approach. How is that possible though? Because he, because he was the CEO of DHL, I would assume he's very meticulous in how he operates and guides and mentors. So, at that level, yeah. they don't want to micromanage. Okay. So they they so they they're completely they don't even know how to micromanage. No, no, no. And you might have needed it. Yeah. When so you first came. So in. he 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 doesn't believe in micromanaging people. Okay. To this day. Okay. So he will say, "You have a job. I don't. I'm not going to ask you what time you're working. I'm not going to ask you you know how many hours, right? You 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 are putting in, but make sure that that job is done." Make sure it's done well and look at ways that you can be a lot more efficient. That's it. So like it, like for you right now, it'd be like, we need this client to, uh, like we need this client, we need this deal, make it happen. You figure out the, how many calls you need yeah, to so, make. So I, I, w- I would reach out to my own customers. I would prospect. I would, uh, I... What does I prospect talk? mean? I so, don't okay, think most sure. people know what that so, is. So in sales, yeah. before you get a customer, you yeah. have to prospect. So you have to find these customers. And Got that it. means you have to, you, know, you have to either go out or you have to do research and find out which customers uh, fits your vertical. And you have yeah. to be, you cannot be a jack of all trades. There are too many companies out there doing everything. Right. Right? Right. And so we wanted to be a niche provider. Okay, be a solutions-based supply chain provider and specializing in the focus, uh, specializing in chemicals, pharmaceuticals, clean energy, um, you know, hazmat shipping. That's, that's our forte. How did you land upon that? Uh, I realized that, you know, I take a lot of care in what I do. Yeah. And dealing with general cargo, there's a lot of people that do it and it's just, you know, the, the cheapest provider typically gets the business, right? So, for example, the cheapest provider, but also one that's got a pretty good handle on the transportation side. But quality is typically nothing like uh, nothing like the specialty side. So what, we're, what we offer our customers is the experience, right? And um, so we walk them through. Our customers are literally, um, Ryan, I need to get my my shipments from factory to door to my customer and then we will come up with a proposal to get it there at the most cost effective price and and the fastest price uh, and the quickest possible transit so in supply chain there there are a couple of things but typically transit time um, cost 
rehandling the cargo because every time you rehandle uh, your uh, every time you rehandle cargo, there's risk to that freight. The freight could be damaged. Does right? that happen often? Oh, it happens all the time. It oh, happens yeah? all the time yeah. in this industry because people do not understand the importance of packaging. They do not understand the importance of rehandling. Right. So they think just because they have a lower rate yeah. and that that product is going to be rehandled six times, they think, oh great, I'm saving on so much. Well, there's a reason why it's cheaper is because it's rehandled, it's consolidated six times over, and that's where you're getting a cost savings. Right. Right. And then your freight comes in and it's damaged. And now, so do you not uh, the way you conduct business? Do you, uh, do you not rehandle at all? So we try to mitigate a lot of the rehandling. We okay. work with a customer to package right. Yeah. So before we ship anything, we understand the packaging. And so a customer may say like, for example, a plant out of India or out of Europe, uh, Europe has really, really good standards. So more so India. India, they will ship and you got to tell the plant and you got to tell your customer, listen, you can't ship like this because it, it, there's a very okay. likelihood of getting it damaged. And this is a sample piece. You want to ship it to your customer in good order. You know, create the bloody thing package it well, and that way you will mitigate your damage, right? You're at least reducing a lot of that. And the last thing you want is th these, these things are extremely time-oriented, so they cannot have damage to the freight. Um, so that being said, I've seen it so often whereby we are given business by other, uh, by our partners, and they haven't gone through the proper process, and I'm dealing it with here in the US, whereby something's come and damaged, now I have to, you know, now I have to deal with a customer that's upset. They haven't been, so, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole process. But the great thing is we really take our time. We really try to be valuable, right, partners. We won't just touch freight just to make a dollar. We're, we're very focused on how do we be a valuable partner to our customer. Um, that way our customer doesn't have to really think too much about the supply chain side. Right. Right. And so... When you're, when, before you came in, your dad was, you said, Mantra Logistics started in 2009, right? Remantra, yeah, M-E-N-T-E-R-A. Yeah. What did I say? Mantra? Yeah, Mantra, yeah. How do you pronounce it? Mantra. Mantra, not Mantra? Yeah, M-E-N-T-R-A. Yeah, Mantra. Okay. Yeah. Mantra. Uh, so, Mantra Logistics started in 2009. You came on in 2016. That's right? right. For the first seven years, was he also dealing with chemicals and pharmaceuticals, or was that switch made once uh, you came on. No, so he was dealing with, you know, um, a number of different, um, so uh, he, they, they, they were dealing with a number of different products. Um, but when I came on... Um, you honed in on yeah, your like, niche. Yeah, my, my area of specialty was aerospace. Um, How chemicals. did you know it was uh, aerospace? Um, well, that, that was really my first customer. Uh, yeah. So my first customer <laughs> was in aerospace because I was finding, I was like, listen, I'm talking to a customer shipping paint. You know, this customer has got so many other providers in there. Uh, it's really, really cost driven, but aerospace is something that, you know, you really want someone that's going to take their time, understand how it load. There's a lot more expertise involved. Did you understand all that? The expertise. So uh, of... personally, I would rely on uh, Trevor, uh, our team. Oh, Trevor really understands it. Then. Yes, because Trevor's moved pretty much everything. He's moved, for example, Formula One cars. 
right? So does he understand like almost every segment very, very like to the T? Uh, so when when we don't understand something, we typically go to a specialist. Right. So we will talk to you know a company that specializes in creating, let's say, aircraft engines. Good. And we'll ask them, okay, how how is this supposed to be packaged? Got it. And we'll typically tell um, most, most, so most manufacturers already create in-house, but they'll have like a third party come in and, yeah. and then create the piece. Um, but if they don't have that for some reason, then that's when we'll typically get involved, right? And yeah. even create it, right, for example. So our customers are pretty much like turnkey. Right. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so... So you get aerospace, yeah. Yeah, have. so then aerospace and then defense. Um, Did defense come from aerospace because you'd work with aerospace? So they were like, this this is a credible... Um, or were you undercutting on the cost? No, 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 no. It was, it was literally a customer that was working with... Uh, so I'll tell you my first, uh, my first DOD, my first defense customer. Right. Um, they're Canadian. Right. And Congratulations. so, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. And so they, I would call on them and they would all, all the, all of the time they would tell me, listen, uh, sure, but you know, now's not the right time. And they would kind of just put it off. And then eventually, um, when I was talking to them and they said, you know, Ryan, we have this one shipment and it's bloody stuck in the UK. Um, and it's got some customs issues. Uh, can you help handle it? And I can't specify what we were shipping. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But um, it was something that was, <laughs> you, you couldn't just ship just like a standard parcel, right? Absolutely. There's, there's typically a lot of compliance. And so uh, I said, sure. And it was FedEx that was trying to handle it. Right. So like originally, because the customer had a contract with, with, uh, with FedEx and with DHL. But I stepped in. And uh, we solved it. And the customer was like, wow, this is great. Can you, if you can, mm -hmm. can you tell us some of the details on how you solved it? Like, what did you do right that they didn't do right? <laughs> so if these, anything. Yeah, sure. So yeah. these big companies, yeah. right? Yeah. They're literally pushing paper. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, one office in the U.S., is talking to the office in Australia yeah. and they're saying, okay, we need the shipment picked up, but there's no, and that office is then pushing it to what's called an integrator, like a FedEx and DHL and a FedEx and DHL is not going to pick up the phone and coordinate and do any of that. So it's our responsibility yeah. to do that. So we picked up the phone, we spoke to so-and-so, we got everything coordinated. Then we spoke to, we spoke to DHL, we spoke to FedEx. So we subcontracted them. They moved the shipment that was, you know, they the customer has a contract with them, but because FedEx and DHL, they, they yeah, just, just on the ground, yeah. there's not that level of service, you know, we had to get involved. So they were very, very happy. Yeah. And that turned into, okay, well, let's, let's talk about handling, you know, more shipments, right? And that's how you did. Did DHL and FedEx care that you were coming in and no dhl no. and fedex are such large companies they they don't even they, notice they, right? they yeah. yeah they couldn't care because again they thought you were the client i assume right they no, were no, like, no. Oh. for for them it's yeah. it's literally dhl ups yeah. or fedex these are the largest integrators right right when it comes to small packages and right. this was a small package uh but it's just what was in the package and so absolutely uh, yeah so really, really interesting. Uh, did you uh, do you invoice on that kind of help? 
Sure. Do you invoice? Do you charge on that kind of help, or do you do the first one for free? No, no, no. You always charge. Yeah, you always charge. Okay. Yeah. Because when they say, "Can you help?" I don't know if it's implied that like. No, no, no. We are they giving you an (laughs) option? Is it like give me one for free and then future opportunities? I don't know how that works. (laughs) This is this is not buy one get one free. (laughs) So they're after no. So this is you know you buy one. So then you did you send them a quote before you even started doing stuff? Oh yeah, you have to quote a customer first, and the customer is like listen I, I need to get this moved and this 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 type of this type of product cannot uh, um, it cannot sit it has to be destroyed yeah because it's yeah. it's a you know it's a pretty unique yeah. uh, piece mm-hmm. and they do not want to get it and and they do not want uh, this type of product to go into the hands of a country like China that's going to replicate it absolutely yeah. right and so um yeah, they're they're even very specific as to how the shipment should move. Right. Right. So it's really really interesting. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have trouble invoice like learning how to price things and invoice cost uh, customers, or did Trevor yeah. handle a lot of those like details because he so, comes he has such a vast experience. Yeah. So a lot of that is through my own learning. So okay. pricing things, um, you know, working with vendors. It's all come under my own learning so um, currently the company that we were with um, you know I created I created the bill of lading uh, whereby this publicly transportation company mm-hmm. is is using wow. right uh, so it's basically like a fillable document mm-hmm. and they've been in business for years but I said you know this is going to be extremely valuable for you I've created it and they asked me to go ahead and send it to them and so a lot of that was hands-on. Could you talk about why you parted ways or is that, if not, that's okay. Yeah, so no I was just, um, we, we decided to go in a different direction. Um, and that's why. So we got into the warehousing business and, you know, uh, so we really diversified our business, but within chemicals, pharmaceuticals and clean energy. Like now you guys are... Uh you guys own warehouses or are you renting out warehouses and managing the inventory? Yeah, so we, we basically um, use what's called contract warehousing. Okay, yeah. So we run the warehouses. Yeah, inventory uh, management would be similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's awesome because a customer anywhere, if they want to ship uh, and distribute anywhere in the U.S., we can do that for them. Right. Right, which is pretty cool. How many companies can Absolutely. do that? And so a customer can reach out to us tomorrow and then literally a week we can have a proposal to them on how they can ship their entire supply chain a lot quicker, get it to market quicker, and also keep inventory on hand. What were you doing before this? How were you doing it without the oh, we, we warehouse were, contracting? We were, I was focused more so on the trucking space and I did not want to actually get into like international. Yeah. Um, but, but if you needed to store inventory somewhere, yeah. what would you do before you started warehouse con- like contracting? So we, we, we were doing contract warehousing prior to, okay. but it just it took off on a whole nother level, right? Okay. Because once we realized that there is a great opportunity in this, um, it's a much needed uh, you know, need. And especially because customers are shipping more on DDP basis, which is basically destination duties page, which means the the supplier um, out of, you know, be it Latin America, be it India, be it Europe, shipping directly to their customer. Right. Right. Everything is paid for. It's right. a fixed cost. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right. 
the the customer doesn't have to worry about supply chain. Right. But the customer's got to say, listen, I want this product by this date. Absolutely. Right. And if it's not here, there might be, uh, you know, there might be charges. Right. That they may charge charge back to you. Right. So it's really, uh, I mean, there's so many things involved in supply chain, and there's so many things that we can sit here and talk about. You know, from the different modes of transportation to yeah. warehousing to what customers look for, all of that stuff. But it's it's something that if you're interested in, you know, uh, you are more than welcome to reach out to me yeah. and pick my brain, and uh, that 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 is open to anyone out there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's something that you know I think as long as you have that passion for, uh, as long as you're willing to be diligent in it um, and learn. Uh, you can really create something great, right? Yeah, you can really build a life in it, right? Yeah. Um, did you ever make pricing mistakes, like in the in the budget or not? Because <laughs> it it sounds like there's a million different yeah. little things that yeah. So you have to check and check and check your work. So you you never made a mistake, Tom? I know. We all human. We <laughs> yeah. we we do make mistakes. Right. I do work late nights, yeah. and so things can happen. Right. And you just have to, you know, you you can check your work three times over, yeah. and there's something that you just missed out on. Yeah. Right. And so that's why standardizing quotations are really really important. Right. That and that's going to eliminate a lot of the errors. So as long as you have a standard quote. And you're just tweaking it here and there, right? You know, it's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, let's go back a little bit. So, would you like to talk about like your struggles academically in ADHD? Uh, sure. We 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 can talk a little bit about it. Okay. So, um, when did I, you start realizing that uh, <laughs> you were struggling in school? Yeah. So I've always uh, found school challenging. Um, and just to like sit there and. Focus on just any sit, subject. Yeah, it, it, literally any just, subject, like any any subject. Okay, except for shop class for some reason. Shop class was the only thing that I really really enjoyed. Even when you were sitting down and learning the different car pieces. Like, yeah, I could sit there and uh, and absorb it. Absorb it. Wow. Yeah, and I would like literally spend time, take my textbook back, read it over. You know. What about the other classes? Any uh, <laughs> any other subjects? Or I none? had no interest in any of the other classes. No, nothing like no, advanced functions. Nothing. Math. No. No. Um, yeah. Even accounting, I'm assuming you were doing a lot of your balance sheets yourself. Yeah, right? when Quotations. school man, I did not. I was uh, yeah, I was not interested in accounting at all. Um, college, uh, that was my first year really taking accounting. Because remember, I only took that one business course. I did not yeah. take. I did not take accounting in high school. Right. So coming uh, then taking uh, accounting in college because I took sales and marketing. You have to take it. Right. Um, you know that's where. Uh, was my first introduction to it, and uh, I I told the teacher I said, listen, this is I have ADHD. Um, when did you get diagnosed? So, when I was uh, after working for Best Buy, um, I started I started working for this company, uh, whereby the manager was the first one to tell me, Ryan, I think you should get diagnosed. I think you have ADD, and both both my girls have it. You, you, you should probably get yourself checked out. How did he figure that out? Because he had two kids uh, who have ADD. But like, was there, did he tell you like, oh, you focus on a lot of different yeah. things so at he the gave same me, time? Yeah, so he gave me specific examples of, hey, this is where I noticed that, you know, you may have some focus issues. 
and coming from the culture, you know, coming from a uh, so coming from like the Asian culture, uh, we don't really realize that you know there's there's something called thing. yeah yeah you know and so once you've realized that there's this thing called ADD, um, and you get properly diagnosed. So I was diagnosed three times because the first two times I could not believe that I actually had it. I thought that was a you money were resisting. Grab. Yeah, yeah, I I thought I thought there was a money grab. Like the medication or the even the appointment. I was so I got. Diagnosed. What was a money grab? Yeah, yeah. So the fact is, when yeah. you go get diagnosed, yeah. you're spending like two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars on just the diagnosis. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, because you guys didn't have medical care, kind of thing, right? Because I think that's covered under like insurance. Like, oh, is it? When you apply for a job. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. interesting. Health insurance, yeah. Yeah, insurance, I think yeah. this specific type of diagnosis though might not be covered because okay. we, I, I remember uh, my parents having to pay out of pocket for it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I got diagnosed. That's not So they paid three, four thousand dollars out of pocket? Yeah. Holy. So imagine the kids that, holy the moly. parents that yeah. can't afford this. Yeah. Right. That's nuts. Yeah, I, I think like the diagnosis might have been like twenty five hundred. Right, rounded up like three grand. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so it was like three grand. Yeah. Got diagnosed twice. I was like, yeah. Like paid three grand every time. Yeah. Holy. And then I was like, man, hard to believe that I have it. Yeah. But everywhere, like, the companies that I would work for, the people that I would interact with that have ADD, they were like, Ryan, we're pretty certain that you have ADHD. Yeah. And again, I've never been told this throughout high school, throughout, uh, yeah. you know, so no background. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, these people are telling me that I have it. Like, so, they're calling me stupid, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they were calling me. They I said, know. Yeah, ADD. But the first time you hear it, yeah. you're like, they're, they're, they're looking down on me. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there was that. They're you know, saying I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel perfectly fine. I don't yeah. know what these people are talking yeah. about, right? I'm the best salesman <laughs> yeah. in this. In this. And so, and so, um, yeah, so one thing is when people would, uh, when, when people would, you know, tell me things, it was like water off a duck's backside, right? I would like literally, it, it, it was so easy for me to just brush it off, right? And that was even like people that would, you know, say, say things to me in frustration, whatnot, I would just, right, just brush it off. Um, but, um, that, that being said, uh, I, when I was in college, my college was the one who actually paid for my third diagnosis for free. That's amazing. And yeah, again, it's like $3,000, $4,000 for a diagnosis and they paid it for free, which was pretty cool. And, uh. Um, and Do they ask you different questions every diagnosis, or is it the same thing? So, they just charge you three grand for the same questionnaire. So, so how how I knew that this place was legit was <laughs> oh different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time I got diagnosed, it was at a different place. Okay. So this place, the real the way that I realized, okay, I definitely had it was they hooked me up to an EEG. Okay. And so you could see your brain waves. Yeah. And you could see your my brain waves go like wild. And that's when I realized I'm like, okay, I do have it because they showed me a brain, they showed me brain waves that yeah. uh, that people that have ADD and of different age groups, and I saw my brain waves, and I was like, okay, definitely have it. And this yeah. is this is uh, this place was called the ADD Center. Okay, uh, it's run by an amazing doctor called Dr. Linda Thompson, mm-hmm. and they have clinics actually 
um, apart from Canada, they have it actually in a few other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew that these guys were like the real deal, right? And walking through room by room, you can see EEGs, you can see these specialists that have trained in it, you know, have have contributed years of their life for it. She herself is a PhD. So Huge. I was like, yeah, yeah. So, so I felt very, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so when I got diagnosed, I said, okay. What did they tell you? What was the exact thing? Um, you have ADD. Did ADD. they tell you severity? Yeah. So they got into all those details and I really need to work. I, I, I really had to work out, um, you know, how, how I was going to get better. Okay. And the great, op- the great option was this was not taking any medication. So they told you not to take any medication. So through this method, through the EEG method, they would actually hook your brain waves up and you would work on focusing, um, controlling your focus for, I think it was like a minute at a time. Okay. And through those experiences, you would start working out how to focus, right? Breathing exercises, focusing and seeing, you know, how your brain waves uh, move. Uh, and Do you that, still use those techniques today? Or uh, is I, it kind of blurred now where it's like, maybe I don't need these as much anymore? No, you, you absolutely do. But I think yeah. I've gotten so into my day-to-day yeah. that I definitely need to get back into it. Yeah. Because you can see, you can feel that control. You've got a lot more uh, consistency, you know. Um, and it literally takes, you know, every time you see, you feel that you're, you're, where your thoughts are all over the place, yeah. just kind of focus in, right? It's like something you need to do, but once you fall out of the habit for whatever reason, it's hard to jump back in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like for me, at least meditation changed my life. Right. Like the breathing techniques, 10 minutes, headspace. But once you fall out of that habit, it's so difficult to get back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, agree. What, when was the, were you taking, if we, if we can talk about this, were you taking were you taking meds before this or after? Yeah, so um, I was taking medication before. And that never helped? No, so what happened was my mood. So in college, yeah. my last year of college, I said, you know what? Um, and it wasn't my last year or was it? It was, it was sometime in college whereby um, I said, okay, let me give this a shot. Yeah. So I went to uh, a psychiatrist if, if, yeah. if. if if I'm not mistaken, this guy was an old school guy. Yeah. So he would prescribe me all this bloody medication, like besides like multiple things. Or yeah. Just like one I used thing? to take like four or five different like medications. Holy. Yeah. yeah I was like, <laughs> you have an upper, a downer, like I, man, I, to sleep now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so because yeah. like one of these, he's like, this will, you can't sleep. You got to take. Yeah. So there was like all these different types of medication oh that you would take. Well, because Four, because nuts. because the one drug would have adverse effects, yeah. you take you would have to take another drug to combat that adverse effect. It would be like ridiculous. No, ADHD is an amphetamine, right? So it's like supposed to keep you up forever, but it just I don't think most psychiatrists prescribe you uh, sleeping pills right away. Yeah, right, this guy okay. was like, man, you need this, <laughs> you need that. So what happened was. His clinic um, was directly connected to a pharmacy, and so yeah, he was getting money from the back. Yeah, so he was he was getting kickbacks. So I would go to the pharmacy, and these guys would treat me like the the most valuable customer. 
They would give me free shit. That's when I knew. Yeah. Free? Yeah, what like, would they give you for free? Like, they would give me cologne. They would give me, yeah. Holy. Yeah. They w- and they would not give me, like, one box. They would give me, like, an entire box of, like, a $40, $80, uh, you know, yeah. a bunch of, like, colognes. And that's when I knew because I would Did you go, have to pay out of pocket for this or was your that's health insurance covering that, That's it. how crazy this was. Yeah. I used to have two insurances. That's how much money I was being dropped. How in. how did you have two insurances? So I had my mom's insurance. Okay. And then I had my uh, then I had my college insurance. Wait, was she working at? Uh, where was she working at that point? I, I Qatar? Think, no, no, I think it was Morsk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Morsk. Okay, continue. Yeah. Um, so that's nuts. So yeah, it was coming in and <laughs> you know using two insurance cards. So yeah. I'm sure that I was a pretty valuable customer because these guys were giving me free shit. Did it ever make you feel good? All the the stability, uh, or was it always a downhill from the get go? Yeah. So the so I I don't want to be negative here, yeah. right? Because to each their own. Yeah. But and I've, and we just want to use a discretion at, at this point. I think medication works vastly different for every single yeah. person, right? So this is just your individual experience. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people that it works great for. Yeah. No. No. No recommendations. Right. We're just talking about my personal experience so right. i felt like a zombie um and so going day to day feeling like a zombie and being you know pretty depressed because i was on these like five different meds uh was was not working out so sure did my, they did they tell you which med caused the zombie like feeling or did they say everything is causing it no he's like so that's what happened so i went back yeah. to him and i was like listen i <laughs> like, i feel like crap and yeah. he's like if you don't take this yeah this guy was an old school guy and he thought threats would work. So he was like, if you don't take this, the door is over there. That's what he said. He's like, you know, the exit's over there. Um, you know, you, you you have to do it right. And you have to take these medications. Why didn't you just switch psychiatrists? Listen, that, that was my first experience. I did not trust. Yeah. Right? I did not trust that yeah. I had it. I did not trust the process. And yeah. all of a sudden, this man's telling me, you know, you have to take it. If not, there's did the door. Did you walk out? Uh, yeah, so that ended very, very quickly. Um, I took, I think I took it maybe for two or three months and then I was like, I'm done. I, I, yeah. I cannot do it. Yeah. Um, you know, my grades went up considerably, but, and my focus of course was good, but I just, Oh, your grades did go up. Yeah. Like it, crazy. It, yeah, it, it definitely did. Like what, uh, do you remember the feeling? Did you feel like any, you, anything was possible? Uh, no, because I was like so, really... because I was so depressed. So. You had nothing else to do. You just had to like <laughs> get out the books and study. Yeah, exactly. So I was literally just studying and I was like, man, this is not working out. And I could not enjoy going out with my friends. Um, so I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not going to take it. And then I went back and that's when I found the ADD center. It was huge. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a really big help because my GPA it was like by the end of the year, by the end of college, like I was, I think I can speak pretty uh, openly. Yeah. yeah, so pretty openly uh, if, if, if it's going to help people. But my GPA was under a 3.0. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. like 2.6 or something like that. Very tough. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, yeah, it, it really impacts if you try to get a job. Yeah. They, some people really uh, look at that. Yeah. And so, um, but my last semester of college, I ended up getting a 3.9. Huge. And that's through the EEG center. Yeah. And so I took my results and I took, and I took, uh, I took my year that I was 
um, I you know the year previous that I, I, I had not done EG yeah I took that over to dr. Linda Thompson herself and I showed her I'm like hey you know what this this works yeah and she's like yeah I know <laughs> but this is amazing scene Ryan yeah. and she was so excited because you know I would have never thought I could have got a three point uh, that's so massive difference. yeah massive difference. yeah yeah and even that's like the most joyful move, moment ever yeah and and my professors as well they were like I remember for the first time being able to you know engage with them on substance rather than just kind of you know just being rambling so it was definitely a really eye-opening experience yeah. um, and uh, college was the best thing to happen like I think it was better than elementary better than high school because I felt like you know I could advocate for myself for the first time um, and it gave me legs to walk right yeah Absolutely. and the college did everything like it was unbelievable I, I had an amazing support staff um, is that when you got into Toastmasters as well uh, that was that was actually afterwards okay so because I was in sales as so after graduating I felt you know what I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong right and so that's when I went that's that's what I and that's when I got into Toastmasters and that, Do you remember why you felt like you needed to figure out what you're doing wrong was there an instance that triggered the Toastmasters yeah so endeavor? first off you know just the fact that when I would pick up the phone I could not say hello Right, um, I could not have a conversation with people, so I was really interested in getting out of my shell. Um, and most people may not have that feeling, but I wanted to make sure that. And I think I I did have that feeling was because I wasn't certain what what I was supposed to say. Yeah. So planning played a big role. I do have a stammer as well. So have um, you ever tried to get rid of that through a spe speech? Pathologist? I have not. <laughs> That's another uh, area, you know, that uh, that you've that, thought about, but haven't pulled. The yeah, trigger. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you know, uh, I think it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and I have come a long way. Yeah, um, you know, I naturally or naturally, you focus on it. Okay. Naturally, I mean, uh, no, 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 putting in a lot of work. Oh, right? you did. Okay. Yeah, and going through Toastmasters, being there every week. Right. So, so Toastmasters is a professional development program. Which teaches you how to, um, which teaches you how to communicate in the workplace, hmm. right? So it's a great program. I swear by it. It helped me, and so um, uh, and 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 this program is international. So they're in over a hundred and I think one hundred and thirty different countries. Um, if you are part of the club, and it's very very, it's extremely inexpensive. I think it's less than maybe a hundred dollars. A month if that right I think I pay maybe less than $50 a month so why do you get a discount uh, based on the different clubs oh got it yeah so every club is different they have and how many sessions do you have per month uh, so my club that I'm with right now it's a sales and marketing club um, again I can't remember the exact amount that I spend but it's yeah but it's less than $50 so it's really really cheap okay uh, I think they said it's something like yeah it's it's I think it works out to like sixty bucks every, like every six months. So, um, yeah. It's, so then it's ten bucks a month. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But like, how many classes do you go to? How many? Oh yeah. Sessions so do you it's attend? It's once every week, every Monday. And you go every Monday. And it's online, so that's a okay. great thing. So I finish up work and then I jump on my call. Nice. And then it takes me to like I think we finish up at like nine thirty or ten o'clock in the night. You start at six thirty seven. I started. Uh, we started seven o'clock. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, we start at 7 o'clock, yeah. It's long. Yeah, so you finish your work day, and then you jump into Toastmasters, and then you're, you know, you're, lit, you're, you're going through speeches and whatnot. But it, it, What kind of, like, guide me through it. Like, what, what, what happens? Like, someone, yeah, I've never attended, so okay. what would it look So, like? the question that I ask everyone, right, to kind of think about is, how do you know, like, what's the most valuable skill, right? What's the most valuable skill? And it's being able to communicate effectively and so how does one know if they're getting better in communicating effectively you know are you getting feedback is it your personal opinion your personal opinion can be skewed right are people telling you wow you know you've improved so toastmasters is one of those programs whereby you're constantly getting feedback okay and these are typically people that are professionals right and now again it's a not not for profit organization um And so everyone there are typically volunteers, but it's imperative that you get that feedback and you don't get that feedback anywhere else, right? Even in your own job, they'll tell you, you aren't pulling your numbers, but they won't give you feedback as to, you know, how you can improve, you know, how specifically you can improve. But Toastmasters is extremely specific. Here's how you can improve, how, here's how you can do better, uh, X, Y, Z, and, you know, steps. Does it, who comes in, like, how does it work? Does someone ask you a question, you prep for a week, you go back, give a speech or? Yeah, so it's it's completely by choice. So every meeting you have an agenda and you get to select a role, okay? You may not choose to select a role, you have the option to. So there are speeches, there are prepared speeches, there's improv, there's uh, receiving feedback. So you have to give feedback, right? To Have you tried all the roles? I have, I have, yeah. And which one is the easiest, not easiest, but like, is the prepared speeches way harder than improv? Uh, well, uh, hard, hard, hard to say, right? Um, improv is a lot of fun. Prepared speeches, you're hitting certain goals. There's, mm-hmm. um, there's a program in place, and it's a program that you have selected. So Toastmasters has, you know, I don't know how many different programs. Yeah, but depending on what you want to achieve, there's a program for you. Yeah. For me, sales is my pro, uh, sales is something that I want to get better in, and I want to constantly be improving. So no matter if it's a year from now, ten years from now, it's something that I always want to keep improving on. Right, right. So um, yeah, great place to be. Yeah, it's a great place to be. What would you rate your skill before going into? Toastmasters um, and after? I, all, all I can say, it was a massive improvement. Like, massive, massive improvement from where I was to where I am right now right. and where I hope to be as well, right? Because yeah. it's never a period. It's typically a comma, right? You just keep working on it. Do any of your fam- other family members also attend uh, Toastmasters, whether it be Sean or... Um, so my dad... Actually, he was the one who told me about Toastmasters. Oh, he attends as well. He 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 encouraged me to. Uh, he yeah. was the one who encouraged me to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a Toastmaster. He is not a Toastmaster currently, but he was a Toastmaster. Yeah. As he was working through DHL. Yeah. If if That's you huge. if you look at a lot of these management guys. Yeah. A lot of them, like I um, I was with um, a CEO of a multi billion dollar company. And uh, we were talking about Toastmasters, and mm. he and he was part of the Toastmaster program. 
Wow. Yeah. So it's something that if you want to connect with the right people as well, it's a great place to be. Wow. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, would you say your dad's extremely charismatic? Yeah, absolutely. Extremely charismatic. Yeah. And where do you think that comes from? Or just natural? No, I think I think it runs um, it runs in the family because my grandparents, his brothers, you mm-hmm. know, his sisters, extremely charismatic. All of them? Uh, not all of them, but mm-hmm. you know, a number of them. <laughs> They're on a whole nother level. So, are they also doing like super well in their careers? Uh, yeah. So a yeah. lot of them have retired. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but uh, yeah, they're they've all done extremely well, um, and yeah, it's it it really comes down to, are you a people's person, right? Um, Do you ever feel the need to measure up to like your dad's charisma and sales ability, or um, not really? I mean, it's 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 not a competition, but I would love to be where you know where he is. But I know that no matter how much. Um, how much I put in, mm-hmm. he is at a different level. What do you mean? So, the way that he thinks, the way that he understands people. Yeah. So he's also very, very street smart. Okay. Okay. So he can read people through and through like that. You know, I unfortunately don't have that level of experience. And I think that's taken a lot of time. That's being you know, the fact that he's, he's, he's been brought up in India, right? He knows how to read people, how to understand people, how like to work with different people. people. Not, no, no, no. It just, you know. Sorry, how, maybe yeah. that's the negative connotation. But yeah, like he knows how to work, interact. Yeah, he knows yeah. how to work with different people, you know, get them to do things, you know, how, how to basically motivate people as well. So he's very, very good at that. Um, and I've seen firsthand, no matter when people, when we get on a call with a customer, yeah, it's like night and day. Like it's they, literally night and day. They gravitate towards him? Yeah. Cause really? If, if, you know, at the start, you know, great, you know, this is your background, great, 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 great. Yeah. But very quickly, um, and he's a professional sales guy. What do you mean? So like, for example, sales? you know, if we're dealing with, if we are dealing with a certain chemical, yeah. He's already studied the bloody thing. So when he's talking to a customer, he's not just talking to talking to a customer just like another transportation company. He knows, you know, that specific chemical. Um, and then we read thoroughly, you know. Does he do it with you? Is the briefing done with you or does he do it independently? No, we're all expected to do it. I know, but like, is it done together or is it done no, completely no, no, separately? No. We're expected to review the information, make our own notes, and we might have, and we might have a pre-call, and then jump onto the actual call. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, for the for the most part, we're expected. Don't come to a meeting not so not prepared. That's the worst thing that you can do. It's better to cancel the meeting and not show up, you know, and 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 reschedule rather than show up and talk, you know, uh, talk out of your ass. Right. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents. So what were you saying? Yeah. So he like, it's night and day. What did, yeah. So he comes in prepared, continue. Yeah. So he comes in prepared. Um, and every meeting that we have, we have someone that's making notes. We all have to make our own notes, but we have someone that is there specifically just to make notes. Um, and that's, you know, the meeting is then recapped. 
so we don't lose any information and the customer has 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 then the opportunity to come back on that email and give inputs if he you know if he or she feels that we missed something um, that that so that typically happens um, but it's but when you were saying night and day like where yeah how does that conversation go like why do they gravitate towards him um, one is because he can speak to uh, most people will entertain you know what a customer's um, asking for so a customer you know just keep in mind the customer may not even know especially when shipping chemicals or uh, or let's say even like pharmaceuticals they may have an idea of, you know they, they they may have a goal right this is what they want to do they want to get their shipment to point a to point b but they're kind of just grabbing at the air as to how they may do it so we sit with a customer and tell them what is realistic rather than just most people will just take what a customer is asking for right. and quote on it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't add any value. No. Right? So you have to sit, you have to understand what a customer is doing, what, what is their end goal, what are they looking to do, and then you build a solution around that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And because he is able to like, guide them step by step they naturally go oh he's the like we'll talk to him kind of thing because the reason we started this conversation initially was like it's a clear cut like soon after the greetings it's clear that like oh we're gonna talk to trevor a lot more than the others kind of thing uh you know what i mean or they gravitate towards him that's the right word sorry for my miscommunication they gravitate towards him yeah and then you were explaining why that is yeah. So again, the, yeah. the, the reason for that is yeah. because um, he's got such a deep understanding. Right. Okay. Um, and he can talk shop with them. Yeah. And explain to them. And like off the cuff. Well, he's, yeah. he's of course, he's got years of experience. Right. So nothing he says is just off the cuff. Right. 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 There's, there's a lot of reasoning behind it. So that in itself is extremely valuable. Customers gravitate to that. They, they're so used to people just saying, we offer great service. We can do X, Y, Z. Well, right. you know, but okay, what are your needs, right? Okay. Tell me about how, uh, what are you trying to achieve? And let's build a solution around that rather than right. me telling you everything that we can do. Right. And, you know, and, and, and that's it, you know? Right. Yeah. So uh, does, does that answer your question? It does. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, do you want to talk about the growth of the company, whatever you can share? Sure, sure. So when the inflection point was, maybe? Sure. So my brother joined the company two years ago, and with him joining on, uh, he comes from the pharmaceutical space. It's been extremely valuable, uh, him joining the company, and we've had you know exponential growth. Um, so extremely fortunate. So we, we are very much you know, a family-oriented company. Um, and we are lucky to have great people around us, right? In, in, in including, um, of course, including the customers that we work with, our employees, um, you know, so, yeah. How did, how did COVID help uh, expedite your business? So COVID, because of how disrupted supply chains were, everyone was looking for solutions. Mm-hmm. And so being a solution-based company and not talking to a customer like, you want to do what? You want to move a you know, shipment from point A? I'll quote it. 
No, no, no. We were focused on, okay, let's look at the overall supply chain. Let's look at how we can reduce costs, you know, reduce transit times, get product to market as quick as possible. And that was the goal. Customers wanted product as quick as possible because they were dealing with so many supply chain ch uh, challenges. So much product was actually being air freighted because uh, production plants were behind the raw material schedules. So they had to air freight product um, because customers were realizing that, you know, they, that product was not going to arrive on time. Um, and that, again, air freight, and you're talking about air freighting, you need these large quantities of product. Uh, so it's not, it's, it's not very cost effective. So by using our warehousing options across the U.S., you're able to warehouse at least some product. Did you have to shut down certain warehouses because when COVID started, because of like COVID starting? Was yeah, so it was crazy because we had warehouses that would literally go dark. We had like they wouldn't exist anymore. No, no, no. As or? in like, um, they are, our entire warehouse. Yeah. 80%, 90% of the staff would have COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this was like before the COVID vaccines. And this yeah. is in the US. Yeah. So keep in mind, right? Like the politics of COVID yeah. uh, is, is at another level. So um, with that being said, you know, 80 to 90% of these, um, these workers would get COVID, yeah. right? Including, including the management. And all of a sudden we would have these containers stock. Yeah. And so... Um, did you ever personally visit these warehouses or no? yeah absolutely we 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 have we have we have lots of pictures um like while covid was oh going yeah on. yeah that's, absolutely yeah yeah that's insane. we just wear our mask and we show up uh we hope we we hope that that all works out i i remember covid started and i went to a fedex warehouse yeah oh man we were doing a robot there and as soon as we get in they're like yeah, man, like 96% of the the people here have COVID. <laughs> it was the scariest. Yeah. I've never felt that scared in my life. Yeah. And now just imagine. I right? wore three masks that day from top to bottom. Yeah. It, it was. Petrified. It was a crazy time and you did not yeah. know what the hell COVID was. And for some reason, warehouse, like for some reason, warehouses were so lenient. They wouldn't wear a mask. They wouldn't do anything. That's how they got 96% at least at like the warehouse I'm talking about. Like, yeah. That, super lenient in terms of regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the US even more so, right? So yeah. it's, it's, and, and especially like the South, right? But again, you know, they're, it's, it's their culture. It is what it is, yeah. yeah. But um, I was just shocked that the, the world is like going crazy over this epidemic that no one knows how... <laughs> And how people, bad it could right. be and, and the, the warehouses they're like the, the most chill people right, in the world right and the people that are actually showing up to work yeah to do the job yeah you know they they're a little bit more relaxed and yeah. that's how covid is you know it's just spreading around the warehouses like crazy yeah the one um our warehouses it was literally like one week we would have one warehouse down the next week yeah. we would have another warehouse down it was like nuts so then what do you do in that case what when the a warehouse goes down what are you doing? You're calling another warehouse? Can no, you please keep no, these back? are highly compliant warehouses. You then just don't go find one just like that. Then what do you do? You pay massive fines. Like we were paying massive fines. And when you pay the fine, the, the warehouse can open up again? No. Then? Warehouse is down. Like there's no going back into that Then warehouse. didn't you just lose the customer? No. No? Because we, we, we did not bill our customers for that. So we actually absorbed a lot of that. It's crazy. Can we talk about... I think this you can talk about, yeah. like hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
I I I don't want to say specifically. Yeah. But um, our goal is crazy you know, money when the warehouse goes down, right? Yeah, because yeah. you know you've lost you've lost yeah. that lifeline, right? Oh, it's huge. And so uh, we lost drivers to COVID. They passed away. Drivers that had worked there for like 20, 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So, you know, people that were extremely loyal. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, COVID, you know, it, it, uh, uh, so it took, it took the older population. Yeah. And all, like, I was reading a stat where, uh, what was it? The average age for a truck driver right now is in the 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, keep in mind, you know, uh, they're 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 not the most healthiest right people right they're on the road they're eating unhealthy you know so that definitely takes a toll on their body so covid was it really hit them the most yeah they were the most and most at risk and they were the ones that were on the road doing the jobs you know uh meeting all these people where when everyone was at home they were actually you know yeah. at yeah so they, they it was crazy like Man, it was unbelievable how uncertain things were um, and uh, how quick things would just, all of a sudden we would just get told, Ryan, we got a massive problem on our hands. We got 80% of our staff down. That's insane. Uh, we are, uh, you know, we just don't have the staff to uh, manage the warehouse. So what we can, we, we are going to try to do, but, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, this uh, this conversation actually makes me think of something very interesting. Okay. When COVID first started, yeah. we were... The government told us that, like, we don't know this epidemic. Shut everything down. Yeah. But on the other side of things, a lot of corporations actually, like, treaded full force ahead. And the reason I say that is because... Do you remember the Home Depot report where... A bunch of Home Depot workers got infected by COVID. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, there was like a huge news okay. that came out that a bunch of... Like, it was like Home Depot in Mississauga. Okay. All of them got COVID. Okay. So on one side, people were told to stay home. And then... And then corporations were like... Yeah. They weren't enforcing enough. Yeah. Maybe not their fault, but not enforcing enough. Yeah. And the whole thing was populated. So it was it was interesting to see like a stark difference. Yeah. Well, but that being said, business must go on. So I, I do yeah. understand their point of view too. Yeah. And and retail, you know, you can't have retail uh, go down. So, yeah. Uh, but people were showing up to work. And I think that, you know, the people that uh, could really not afford to show up to work were the ones who show up to work. Yeah. And people that could were all working from home, right? Tech. Right. They're all working from home, uh, supply chain, right? Yeah. At least, uh, so the folks who work in the office are typically working from home. Yeah. Um, there also might be a correlation between like the 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 type of people who were showing up to work in retail. Like I know that a lot of I personally experienced this. So like people who stock at night. Yeah. Are often like immigrants who come in. Yeah. Immigrants yeah. who come in. Yeah. Generally, don't have like. They're not the most uh, precautious of people about epidemics. They're well, a bit more laid back because they need to work. Yeah, right? exactly. They like it's 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 not it's that not a choice. For yeah, them. for yeah. them, you know, they can't say, "Oh, you know what? My company is asking me to come in." Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're 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 you know they're they're the ones that don't have a voice. Right. Um, and it's really really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, 
and they usually like don't say anything like if yeah. one people says you have to go in they'll yeah. go in right yeah. uh do you want to talk about a bit about your cycling and how you got into that uh sure i i i can talk a little bit about that um i don't know how you know uh how many people are typically interested in that but uh cycling is something that i really really enjoy um and uh road cycling specifically because there's all different types of cycling right there's right. there's mountain cycling there's downhill cycling there's uh bmx right uh um but road road cycling is something that i really enjoy so it's just a way that you can clear your head you can go out ride however you know far you wish to ride you get to see cities and towns um you really get a sense of what's what um and it's one of the coolest experiences because um you get to explore in a day you can cover like 50 kilometers right so you can really so get you do like day full day cycling yeah so uh normally what i like to do is i like to go in a group because going by yourself can be a little bit you know it can be a little bit boring yeah if you're going short like 25 kilometers right like 30 kilometers great but if you're doing that 50 60 kilometers it's always nice to have people around you you can you you know you you can break for a little bit you know talk to them even on the ride right you can talk does sean do it as well do you go with sean uh sean used to he doesn't do it as much no yeah okay yeah does Trevor do it? No. 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 Um, or Sarah? No. Uh, just uh, the f- a lot of my close friends bike. So. Uh, does Josh do it? Uh, Josh Pinto? Yeah. Uh, no. No. He does not. not. At all? No. I tried to get him to. I tried to get him into it. We actually went biking once. Okay. The only time. Yeah. Uh, he rode Sean's bike. I rode mine. Okay. Um, and it was actually pretty funny because. Um, Josh is really really fit. So yeah. this this is this this is a good friend of mine. Yeah. And so Josh is extremely fit. But when you're cycling, yeah. I guess it's working at different muscles. Okay. Um so it was pretty funny. We we started in the morning. I think it was like 7:30 in the morning or like okay. 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so there's no traffic on the a road. Yeah. I uh, it was a weekend. Had a great, you know, ride. But that was his first time and that was his only time. Why? What did he say after he came back? Um, he just didn't like the fact that I think one was riding on the road. It's not very comfortable, and he doesn't. Um, he didn't like the idea that, you know, um, he wants to focus on certain muscles. Uh, cycling does not work out those muscles. Like did his quad hurt or something after, after doing it? Yeah, I, I mean, he 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 doesn't care about that. It's just yeah. more so he he wants to focus on working out a certain type of muscle yeah. and here you are on a cycle, you know, doing something completely different. Yeah. So, but I, I enjoyed it. I love it. And I think the freedom of being able to ride anywhere without having to, you know, um, pay for gas. So that's one reason why. So a lot of people are like, Ryan, how, how come you don't have a car? Yeah. You know, you used to love cars so much. How come you don't have a car? You work in transportation. And the way that I look at it is, um, one, I'm typically working from home. I'm working from a warehouse and to get to the warehouse, I'm typically always living pretty close. I can always carpool with someone. Right. And so I don't feel a need to own a car. Um, and I have no inclination to. Right. right. 
So if you ever see the way that I live, it's extremely simple. I have a bed, I have a desk, I have my gaming PC, I have my workstation. But don't you have a really nice mattress? Yeah, I have a really nice mattress. <laughs> yeah. Guess guess how much the mattress is. Go ahead, go ahead. Tell them, tell them. So it's This is not confidential. <laughs> I know this for sure. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so He lives very simple. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so it's 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 a it's an expensive mattress, okay? And it's a nice mattress because Sleep is really, really important. So that's one thing I, I would not cheap out on. Okay. You know, the the area that I work on, right? My table is, is, is a custom table. I made it myself. Yeah. I sanded it myself. Wow. I stained it myself. Um, Wait, does it go up and down too? It goes or? up and down too, yeah. Okay, so you got the up and down mechanism from like Home Depot or something and then the slab from Niagara Falls or how did Exactly, it yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the desk itself... Um, so the legs yeah. are actually Bosch, um, okay. nice. uh, Bosch legs. Yeah. Uh, they're really, really good. And the, and the wood I got it, it's actually, you know, real wood. Um, and had to sand it down. Yeah. Stained it. Uh, it was, oh, you stained it too. Yeah. Wow. Um, I epoxied it, which is you basically yeah. fill in, you know, the holes, um, and, uh, yeah, if, if, if you want to see a picture, I, 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 I can show you afterwards. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll put it up too. Yeah. And so I set up also these dual screens, which tilt, which move around, you know, how many, how many screens do you, work uh, so I work on? with three screens, like your laptop and two screens. Yeah. So laptop and two screens. Yeah. And how do you connect the, the laptop with two screens? Is it a VGA and a HDMI? So the great thing about this was, yeah. um, I have a dock. Okay. So I use, I stand by ThinkPads. Okay. And I love ThinkPads. Yeah. So prior to, I was using, I was using an Apple and I don't know how people work on Apples, honestly. Yeah. But people do. Yeah. I try to. Yeah. Um, but I switched over to a PC and a ThinkPad and it was night and day. Anything I need, I can call up, um, I can call up, um, um, I can call up the brand. Um, and they oh, will, you've done that? Yeah, and they've they've sent me like multiple batteries. They've sent me multiple docks. Yeah, for free, for free. Yeah, it's crazy. Like their their after their after service is unbelievable. Like, what do you say? You say, "Oh, my battery's dying." Yeah, like literally. For example, like I I had uh, what was it? Um, there was something wrong with my laptop. It was like a cooling issue. So I called up uh, my laptop manufacturer. Yeah. And Lenovo. Yeah. Sends a technician to the house, free that's of charge. In, that's insane. Under warranty or out of warranty? That that's actually not covered yeah. in warranty. Okay. But they were just like, wow, sure. Wow. And so the technician he shows up, and I was like, do I have to pay you anything? He's like, no, no, no. Yeah. So of course I tipped him, but yeah, uh, um, yeah he actually did it in his car. He cleaned it up. That's amazing. Um, he yeah he he um, he put that uh, what's it called the gel on it. Right? Yeah. Um, on 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 the CPU, um, I've had batteries. Um, they've sent me, you know, I've been sent docks. But so the after, I mean, the after service is amazing. Like right now, I have, I've got like another heating issue. Uh, Do you just create them on purpose so that they could? No, no, no. <laughs> well, it's free. It's free. Yeah. So so you know, it's yeah. it's basically part of like the warranty. So yeah, um, I. Uh, and now this one specifically, I have to take it to, to what's called an authorized, uh, yeah, yeah, dealer, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. and so they're 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 gonna do it, but it's free. How much was the mattress? Uh, it was it was a good deal. Let me just put it like that. Okay. It was a good deal. Yeah, it was um, again. You know, mattresses. It's 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 hard to say. You know, how can you put a price on comfort, right? So, what price did you put on comfort? So I paid, I think, four thousand dollars. And yeah. and what was the original price? Huh? What was the original price? No, it was four thousand dollars. I know, but you said it was a good deal. So, what oh, was the original price? I, I I did not get a deal on it. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. It's a good deal in the sense that you know what? It was a good deal because I can sleep comfortably. I can wake up and I can get to work. Where'd you get this mattress from? Uh, I like Sleep Country. Or something? I got it from Leon's. 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 They will hook you up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're uh, really really good. My my bed moves up and down like this. Yeah, the bed is automatic, like electronic. Yeah, and then it also has got a hospital bed. That's amazing. You got a hospital bed. So yeah, so I don't. uh, Again, I got all these thrills and frills. My mattress. You're a simple guy, but you know a few. Yeah, like a few few nice things, right? You have to have a few nice things. So of course, when take the cost of a car, disperse (laughs) it in, you know, in a cycle (laughs) and in my uh, bike. Um, and so, yeah, my, my mattress also, it does something pretty cool. It massages. Do you use that feature? I've never used that feature. I've not used the uh, up and down feature and I've not used the, uh, so, so. Then why'd massage. you do it? Why'd you buy it? Because I thought it would be a cool, you know, I, I thought. You thought would, you'd use it more. I, I thought I would use it. Yeah. Uh, no, use it. I don't oh. use it. <laughs> yeah. So, I realized. But it I, massages really well? Or decently? I haven't well. used it. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you didn't even do, do it I, once? I, 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 I lied on it once. Yeah. I used like I clicked on it. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. Turned it off. That's it. Like I did it for like two minutes just to test it have out. Have you ever tried them? Have you done a massage before? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, compared to a real massage, no, how good is a it? real massage is much better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about a massage chair at like one of those gyms? Uh, no, like a real massage is much better. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I'm talking about just yeah. just the bed it, itself. Yeah, it, it's cool, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I realize I'm a simple guy. I'm, I'm not going to use all these thrills and frills. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why I don't use it. You yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah. I got I got this really nice thing, but I was like, yeah. Is it what what kind of like it's super comfortable? I assume. Oh yeah, really comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bed. You sleep better than. Before? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then. Yeah. So I I definitely moved up in the world. Um. So I started by uh when when we first moved to Canada we had our mattresses without any bed. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we were sleeping on the uh our mattresses was right as close to the ground as possible. Right. It was comfortable. Yeah. But uh, now oh my God the sleep is awesome. Yeah. That's so Leon's. That's, that's yeah. good to for, hear. For, for those who are mattress shopping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your gaming uh, things? So we actually started as a gaming podcast. You might not know this. Oh, really? Before we switched into Broken Dreams. Okay. Um, what games are you playing? Elden Ring. Okay. Hell Let Loose, which is a World War II nice. shooter, which is one of my favorite games. Are you, are you a pure PC gamer? Yeah. Or? yeah. I, I, Don't I, you have a PS5? Sean has a PlayStation Five, which I do not touch. I I I've only played like, like twice. You because he doesn't let you touch it. No no no. no. You know he's he's completely open. Yeah. He's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, but I I just don't like playing on console. Like I I have a PlayStation controller that I use for PC, but just because I don't know I just like playing on PC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I have a really really nice gaming PC, 
And it's got like the 4080 graphics card. You bought, uh, you made it yourself? Uh, I, set, I, I got the store to build it. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's got a 4080 graphics card. It's got nice. like, so like 13K CPU. Yeah. Um, it's got an, an amazing like setup when it comes to fans. I think it's got like nine fans inside. Do you use that for your work too? No. No. What I like to do is keep my work and my gaming separate. Got it. Um, so I like that, you know, um, yeah. So work laptop is the ThinkPad and then gaming is a completely separate. Yeah. Yeah. Because that way, you know, I find that when you have access to it, especially someone that um, has ADD, yeah. um, the lines always get blurred. Yeah. Right? You can always turn and, 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 and play. But I find that when you have it on a different system, yeah. you have to, you have to uh, turn it off, and then... put your laptop to sleep. You have to turn on your gaming PC. You have to go through that process. Your brain's going, no, I have to work. You know, yeah. it's not going to happen. So, yeah. Do, do any of your other family members have ADD? Uh, see, I don't or know. Or even just a little I don't bit? Know. Or no? I don't know. Because uh, um, I checked around, of course, when when yeah. when I was Or diagnosed. like even your siblings, do they have any no. sign or no? No. No. That's what's, wow. that's what's so, so unique. Yeah, peculiar. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. All, all all of my family, extended family, they're you know extremely extremely uh, they've done extremely well. But again, you know you don't know what's behind the scenes, right? Um, and they don't really talk about it because no, of the we culture. Do. We do, we do. You talk about yeah, like absolutely uh, mental yeah. health. Yeah, like yeah. everyone knows. Uh, my friends know that I have ADD. Mm-hmm. I'm very open with it. No, but they might not talk about, you know, when you're saying behind the scenes, they might not talk about oh, no, their no. struggles. No, they do. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, I shouldn't say that no one in my family does. I'm talking about my immediate family, no one has ADD. But my extended family, yes. They do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And people that are extremely, extremely successful Yeah. in my family um, have ADHD. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. They've, they've, they managed to build a really, really good life for them. Right. Selves. Cope. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking about this just before the podcast, but I don't know if you want to elaborate at all. So how does the, we talked a lot about logistics. Mm-hmm. Are most of your chemicals and pharmaceuticals coming from India? And what are the challenges there? Um, so the majority of it is coming from India mm-hmm. because India is the, it's, it's the next tiger. Yeah. Right. So China... Um, is China number one in pharmaceuticals right now? Like production? No, uh, Europe. Uh, so I think oh. Germany. Uh, yeah, Germany, uh, Switzerland. Oh, really? France. Yeah, these are the countries that produce uh, the bulk of the pharmaceuticals. What do they produce? Like, what's the biggest thing they're producing? Specifically, like? I I don't know. Okay. But you can ask Sean that question, and Sean would yeah, Sean Sean would be able to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then India's. Uh, close second yeah in, in India is right up there um, and is it producing a lot of insulin Advil is that what's coming in exactly exactly so a lot of that is produced out of India mm-hmm. um, and it's one of those markets whereby you know um, it's a cheap alternative right to Europe and so that's why you have a lot of generics being produced out of India is it hard to to like be compliance regulated 
and like make sure it's the real thing or you guys don't really care about that right no no, no like absolutely like, so india uh, so every drug that's sold in the us has to yeah. be fda regulated okay so it's all approved by the fda and fda has offices in india got it so they they actually do the company does the check yeah. and then calls you for the shipment yeah so the the yeah. uh, so fda is the food and drug administration and it's a us administration uh, that regulates and approves uh, anything that is related to human consumption mm-hmm. in the US so uh, yeah that's you know anything that you bring into the US has to be FDA regulated including anything that you produce in the US it all has to be FDA right if it is for human consumption right um, so yeah, so they they you know they have all the compliance, but uh, you have to you have to. Realize. How does how does compliance change from your aspect when you're like, let's say you're doing Advil or you're doing like insulin or you're doing biologics? Yeah. How does that change for you? Is it the storage container that you store it in? Is it the the way you package stuff? Is it the way? Yeah, you transport. It's, it's everything. So it's packaging. It's how you transport. It's the value. It's the risk. It's insurance it's you know so that's decided per medication it's decided on a product to product basis okay right so if you're shipping generics the conversation is very very different aren't you primarily sh- shipping generics because that's where now, the yes. biggest profit now, margin yes. is i assume uh no it would be more so the the um, uh it would be more so so the active pharmaceuticals uh-huh. um but generics you know there's so much a competition in it right so uh, it's it's definitely thin margins. Uh, oh, generics is thin margins. Oh, generics, uh, absolutely. Okay. And so if you're doing that primarily, are you focusing on the volume aspects of it? Uh, like selling so much volume that it... Yeah, we, we, so we don't sell any drugs, right? Right. So we are working with companies that typically are either manufacturing or right. are distributing. Right. 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 And so keep in mind, there's typically multiple layers involved. Mm-hmm. So that's why there are thin margins, right? A manufacturer is not going to be looking at, you know, a crazy margin. Right. Because he's competing in a market whereby there's so many other Indian, generic, and Chinese. Right. Right. So you have to be really, really uh, competitive. You have to have a tight supply chain and you have to have good, so good relationships with your retailers. Hmm. Like your Walmart, your Target, your Kroger's, etc., etc. Yeah. Do, does Walmart or Kroger ever reach out to you directly? Uh, directly, we do not deal with them. Okay, so it's yeah. usually the supplier side that you deal with. Yeah, because um, although we have had calls with them, yeah, they operate extremely differently, and uh, they they aren't our focus. Uh, they they are they are not focus because they ship everything. Yeah. And most of the stuff is all like, you know, you you have to ship it to like a Walmart DC, right? So uh, or and Walmart like there's no there's no retailer that's like producing pharmaceuticals right now, right? There's no retailer yeah, like a Walmart, Costco, uh, Mark, uh, so Mark Cuban. Yeah, but he's not a retailer. He's he well, actually, he's like, he's he's going direct. So he's working with CMOs, right? Right, and. Um, Oh, so can that be a potential 
uh, yeah. opportunity yeah, for you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, wow. Mark, yeah. Uh, so Mark Cuban's company, absolutely, yeah. And has he already found a logistics company for? I I I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a huge endeavor because what's his what's his thing? He's gonna do direct to customer, so therefore exactly. yeah. he's trying to undercut. I mean, there were like stats that said that he's trying to undercut the rest of the market by ninety percent. But like, which pharmaceuticals is he focusing on? Uh, so that's the problem. Or right? is he doing everything and anything? Yeah. So if 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 you actually look into it again, yeah. it's been a while since um, you looked into it. Uh, since I I looked into the value of yeah. Mark Cuban's uh, direct to customer business mm-hmm. a model, but the problem he's facing is. Um, doctors have paid kickbacks in the U.S. Yes, from big yes. pharmacy. Yes, um, you can't just go and take a drug and try to sell it directly to customer, right? Because uh, there's a lot of pushback on that. But isn't that what Amazon was doing anyway? With anyway, with like the pill capsule, like the capsule pills, they yeah. had a they acquired a company, Pocket Pills. Generics, yes. Yeah. But if you're talking about across the board, no, it's very, very hard. So what he's doing, he, he has mentioned he's facing a lot of challenges. It's not as easy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in time, I'm sure if anyone can do it, I'm sure, you know, it's him. Um, if anyone can do it, it's a multi-billionaire who owns the <laughs> the nets. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I think. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What was the idea for pocket pills? Do you know? No. Okay. Because yeah. Pocket Pills was the idea. So Amazon acquires this pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And the whole idea is you can order the pills off Amazon if you have a prescription. Oh, really? And there's nothing else that's required. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So they they like, they like paid uh, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. for that company. Yeah. So I thought Mark Cuban and them were in direct competition. Although maybe he was saying that like Amazon takes a chunk of the profit. Because if you ever look at... Have you ever heard of like Amazon? Well, you must have. You know dropshipping on Amazon? Yeah. Amazon takes a huge cut of okay. the dropshipping business. Yeah. And also there's like a bunch of suppliers, right? Mm. So maybe with the medication, it's going through the same thing mm. where the markup's high. Yeah. Maybe Mark Cuban was just trying to remove all of that. Yeah. But whether it'll happen or not, who knows? Yeah. Well, it's, it's currently happening. I know that he has, he has a number of different meds. Uh, that he's already. selling right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he has quite a number of meds, actually. Have you heard of anyone buying from his no, company? No, I have not. I'm not personally. Yeah, because okay. mo- most most of uh, most of my network will typically still buy a very conventional method, mm-hmm. right? Insurance basically pays for it. So, mm. um, yeah. Where do you where do you see autonomous? Oh, so that's that's yeah. one reason as well. Because so Mark Cuban's company, you have to buy. You cannot use insurance. What? Yeah. Why not? Because the way that the insurance companies and they also get kicked back. Yeah. 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 They do. Yeah. So insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies they've actually signed agreements. Yeah. So Mark Cuban actually cannot that's uh, nice. sell. That's why that's been one of his biggest challenges. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. No worries. No. So. Yeah, so that's that's you know. Um, so, yeah, there's no way that he'll actually get 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because every time you see a medication, if you're ever prescribed a medication and you see what the insurance pays, it's always hundreds of dollars. And then you're like, how can this medication cost 300 bucks? Yeah. It's 30 pills. Yeah, so how could it? That's yeah. like, now it makes sense. If they're getting kickback, everyone they're just kickback. hiking up. Everyone yeah. gets a kickback. Yeah. That is, that is bonkers. Yeah. How do you see autonomous vehicles coming into all of this? Have you looked into autonomous trucks? I have. Yeah. Uh, but with it, I do you know any off the top of your head? I do, yeah. Which ones were you looking so at? So there's actually a number of Canadian. Um, you were looking at Canadian autonomous trucks because this this is where it gets so interesting. You mean Embark trucks? Is that what you mean? So Embark is one of them. Yeah. That was. Do you know I went by... to? So I was in the class with the guy who started Embark. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. But he went to. Uh, so he went to Waterloo, right? Yeah, and then but dropped you... out. Yeah, but you you went to I, I, I went you, to Waterloo. You did. Yeah, yeah. So how did Sean meet you? Uh, through Vishnu and them. Okay, understood, understood. Yeah, Vishnu is like a childhood friend of mine. Okay. And Karan's my neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Embark. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting company. Why is it interesting? Did you talk to Alex? So I reached out to one of their, uh, I don't know, uh, right their Top Guns, um, like Alex. The founder? No, no, no. Okay. One of his um, direct reports. Okay. This was uh, probably a year ago. Okay. Um, and I wanted to understand, you know, what they had in mind. Would they be interested in getting feedback? Because, you know, I deal with drivers every day. Absolutely. And so the way that I look at it is they're talking about fully autonomous, right? Every, every company right now is talking about fully autonomous. Yeah. The way I look at it is you cannot replace the driver. The reason why the reason why they're talking about fully autonomous is because they want to save costs. So there, I think there's a nuance there. I think I don't know if they were talking about fully autonomous. They were talking about autonomous from uh, through the highway, like the highway segment. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. there's while on the highway, you could be autonomous is, uh, and as soon as you get into like the city streets, right, like the driver has to take over. Exactly. But the way that they're pitching it. Yes. It sounds like it's fully autonomous. Like they, they, they want to yeah. go into like a fully. That's why. Scale. That's why they had a. Uh, they went public, and they had a five and a half billion evaluation. Do you know what the spec. market cap is now? Right, right now. Uh, I don't remember. I looked into it, but I can't recall how much yeah. is it. It. it we, it's down we, significantly. We, yeah, we can look into it. All yeah. of these companies, they IPO crazy. No. You look at it now. Even like before, before this whole market downturn, they were, they'd gone down by so much. So I, hot take, but I, I actually think, I don't know if autonomous vehicles will be a thing. Yeah. And that is really being proven through this recession. Yeah. Do you know, for, uh, so Ford owned a company called Argo AI, hmm. uh, which was an autonomous cars company. Yeah. And... I would say top three company in the autonomous vehicle mm. space. It was Ford, GM, and maybe the Google car, mm. right? Mm. Ford shut down its whole endeavor mm. and said that, uh, like, we're too far off. Mm. If you look at Apple, Apple sell, shut down its self-driving division. Yeah. Which, when Apple shuts down something that significant, yeah. that means something is Yeah, like, if, wrong. if, if, if so, you look at Uber, you look at uh, Google, they all got their self-driving yeah. companies off their books. You know why Uber did it? Uber crashed into a, a person, killed someone. 
Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah I, 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 they I, had to get rid of that endeavor because, yeah. yeah, there was a huge crash. Yeah. But all but all of these, are, a lot of these self-driving companies, their owners are all Canadians. Uh, who else is? Embark is Canadian. Who else? There's, there's another one. Um, he was former Tesla. And he started this. Uh, he started this. This um, so this trucking company. I think they're owned by Uber, if I'm not mistaken. Aurora. Yeah, I think that's it. Is he Canadian? Yeah, he is. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Aurora is owned by Canadians too. Yeah. Wow. That's why I'm like looking at. It was him, also like, too simple, but that's not Canadian. Yeah. Too uh, simple, I think. Is but those those are the guy. two companies that I know of. So right? what happened with Embark? Did you talk to them? I did, and okay. I said, "Listen, if if because uh, I reach out to people, right? And yeah. I'm like, listen, you know, you 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 have an interesting, you have an interesting model. If you want someone that, if you want to talk to someone that you know, uh, talks to drivers on a daily basis, um, and I wanted to understand, you know, wh- wh- where are they going with it? Because their their website doesn't tell you anything besides, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like what the heck do you actually do, right? Yeah. And so they have a video about, hey, you know, here's here's that technology." But are you fully autonomous? Are you yeah. semi-autonomous? You know how how is it going to benefit the driver? Um, because I think it's it should be more focused on the driver experience. That should be your market. It should not be based on the shipper. The shipper wants to reduce their cost, but the shipper is not going to go buy trucks. Yeah, absolutely. The shipper is not. Uh, is, so they were they were a per mile. Uh, they're a per mile. Yeah, they base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business model. Yeah. Yeah. But, so what uh, did they invite you to the? No. To the plant and you go no no, no. i yeah. reached out to them they yeah. got back to me we you know we 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 had a brief chat okay but thereafter you know it seemed yeah. like they weren't really uh sure as to what they wanted to do yeah they they like i haven't talked to them in quite a while but they always seemed like they were after the the dhl the fedex yeah. like the big dogs big, yeah yeah and so like yeah it's true like maybe yeah, they weren't looking for like a small partnership. Yeah, and so if you look at like the trucking space, yeah, it's owner operators. Yeah, right. It's not DHL. It's not yeah. right. It's not FedEx. Yeah, and they're talking about tractor trailers. So you want to go after like the owner operator market, and you want to make it, and and, and you want to be valuable to that market. So what are you talking about? So these drivers are on the road for like eight, ten hours at a time. Absolutely. Right. So you want to give them the tools that's going to make their job a little bit easier. And if they, if they if they have to pay you know twenty thousand dollars more, they're probably going to do it if if it's going to mean you know a, a lot more reduced stress from them. Oh, I think their model was take the driver out completely. Yes, it's gone. Right, and then charge that per mile basis as you exactly. said. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, I feel that a company that would be extremely valuable is yeah. one that does not remove the driver, yeah. but makes his life a lot easier. But then they're still paying the driver eighty k, right? Yeah, which you know what you you have to pay someone for the time, and so if you're trying to reduce your cost by 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 eliminating the driver, that's not going to happen, and that should not happen because you should always have someone behind the wheel. But the thing is, like, can, will a company be willing to spend a hundred k instead of eighty k? People are doing it right now. Where? Who? So, 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 so. In order to, um, how can you put a price on safety, right? So, if you're gonna invest on a on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar truck, yeah. If you're gonna, you know, uh, if this technology is gonna cost even let's say ten percent more, right? Mm -hmm. But it's gonna, uh, but the driver is gonna be a lot more safer. It's the owner operator that buy the truck. 
Right. It's not the trucking companies. Yeah. So if the owner operators go, you know what, it makes sense to me. I'm going to save on cost. Wait, DHL doesn't own the trucks? Uh, so DHL is... Or uh, FedEx. Yeah, right. so these these, com- these companies are typically... Uh, they, they, they have a small parcel division. Th- then they also have a freight forwarding division. So I'm talking about their freight forwarding division. Okay. So FedEx doesn't own their freight forwarding division trucks. They'll say FedEx on it. But if you look closely, it's an owner operator who owns that truck. So how bi- how many trucks does an owner operator usually own? Like a couple? It, it, it can be like one. It can be two. You know, most. So these are like independent guys. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so wow. most of these companies, most 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 yeah. of these owner operators, the reason why they sign up to a FedEx, a Landstar, etc., etc., yeah. is because they're getting steady work. Yeah. Right. So they're getting steady work. They don't have to focus on sales and their focus is on just driving. So if you're making all, already a decent amount right. uh, working at a FedEx and, and a FedEx will say, listen, if there's something that's going to be a lot more safer, it's going to be a top-down approach. Your trucks have to have this. And if you want to be an owner operator that's going to work for FedEx, that's going to make a premium, you're going to have to invest in this. Yeah. And so, you know, $20,000, um, for technology that's going to make it a lot safer and is going to take a lot of you know pain off your or stress off of of the whole driving experience great you know right so um yeah that's it's it's something that i can see it being extremely extremely valuable and something i would invest in like i would personally invest into that technology which is keeping the driver in the truck and is adding a little bit more to the cost off the truck but i know that the driver is going to invest in it because you know He's he's looking at it going, sure. I'm 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 gonna get a top of the line asset. Yeah, like a driver assist technology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very fair point. That's a very very fair point. Yeah, like we spend just on our cars alone, we spend five thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars on our, you know, thrills and frills, right? What's twenty thousand dollars in a truck? Yeah, absolutely. Especially like if you really want to get into that conversation, if you can lower. A driver's wage from 80k to 60k because he doesn't need to be all no, hands no, on the wheel no. you you do not want to talk about lowering driver pay you want to focus on if anything it's yeah. about see safety yeah drivers drivers are not paid for the work that they do the way that they should be yeah right? so you're talking about people that are on the road constantly away from their families yeah. right um, yeah. that that is not factored into their pay no you're right right so I think if, if, yeah, if they don't really have a work-life balance, they, they don't yeah. and it takes such a toll on your health. Yeah. Right. So I think if you look at it, they should be compensated and they should be compensated a lot more in what they do. Right. Um, and no, that's I'm, a very fair point. Yeah. So a lot of our vendors, I can tell you this, um, they will move heaven and earth to move our shipments because we have that type of, we, we, we treat them well. Yeah. We pay them well. When you say vendors, like are these? Do you employ truck drivers? Yeah, drivers. Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. So okay. drivers. I'm talking. How many about. do you have? So uh, th- these these are again owner operators. Okay. So oh, okay. yeah. So the way that it works is they will move and and even companies that that we subcontract, they will move heaven and earth because of the type of relationship that we have. Right. And we don't even talk about like prices not discussed. Um. You know, to the extent that if there are additional charges, I pay it. 
and they know that they're going to get paid and they they know that I'm going to take care of them. And so that speaks volume. So people, like I, I've got trucking companies that have told me right off the bat, Ryan, here's my cost. Like, this is how much I, I I pay out, you know, this is my cost, my truck, this is how much I hope to make in the hopes that they can get more business, right? Yeah. They, and, and, and they can keep growing with me. And so that's the type of relationship I have. I have very, very transparent relationships, but I treat people just because, you know, I know your cost is, you know, X amount. I'm not going to, you know, try to higgle and haggle you. That's I'm, fair. Right? I'm going to treat you like, you know what? I know that you, 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 you are getting up at four o'clock in the morning to pick up a load out of an airport and waiting there four to five hours. That is nuts. Right? That's nuts, yeah. All these other companies, you know what they do? They wait for that cargo to arrive and then they send in the truck. Wow. My guys will go to the airport and wait yeah. there because we already know when the cargo is tentatively going to, you know, be, yeah. be, 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 be ready by. Mm-hmm. And all these other companies, all these big freight forwarders, they'll say, no, 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 the shipment's not ready. Well, you should know when the shipment's roughly going to be ready. And if it's not ready by that time, you should probably call them, you know, call the airport and check. Right. So that's what we do. Like we'll, we'll, we'll push our way and make sure that things get done and those shipments get moving because we know that that shipment has to get picked up, go to um, our customer where it's going to get repackaged. Right. And then it's going to ship to, um, it's going to ship to either a factory or it's going to ship to, uh, you know, the likes of a retailer and then off it goes. So right. time is extremely, extremely important. Right. Yeah. So a driver is going to be sitting there for five hours. You know, he, he should be compensated for his time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't have to ask me, Ryan, you know, I've been sitting there for five hours. Great. You know, but I, I, I have it in my system. I can see, you know, the driver's been sitting there for X amount because we track that as well. So even a non-contract driver. Do you use like GeoTab? Uh, yeah, it's it's, um, it's like some type of geo mapping or something like okay. that. So I can pull up, like I can see exactly what time they went to the site, and I can. See. And you pay them per hour, or is it a salary? No, so. Um, or the operator. Yeah, yeah. So how it works is my third party, right? The people that I typically subcontract. Yeah. I'm paying them on the job. Got it. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that uh, that way. If they want to do like other work, right? They can, right? They they aren't just contracted by me, right? Um, and so that works really really well for them, and they again they really really enjoy it. And I hear horror stories. You know, Ryan, I'm working with so and so. They haven't paid me on time. Right. We pay you in like immediately. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like all these other companies, you know, they'll mm-hmm. they'll basically nickel and dime you. Right. But we're in the business of hey, treating people right, right? right. You work with us. We're basically treat you right. 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 And you basically do a good job. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. Right. It's yeah. a very trusting relationship, right? Yeah. Like, you do the work and I will yeah. abide by you. Yeah. Like, I know my, like, my drivers, Right. I get to know about their families. I get to know, like, uh, I remember Christmas, um, we had a couple of drivers that were trying to get home for Christmas. Um, I had a warehouse manager come and unload trucks. The weekend before Christmas, so yeah. so that they would get home on time. Wow. Then I also found them loads to get them back from where they picked up from, all the way back to Texas, back to PA, right, so that wherever to make sure that they got home. And and if they were going to lose money, I was going to make up that difference. Yeah. Right. So like, how can you you know like yeah. 
So that that just that that develops a lot of trust. It builds, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, one last question I do sure. have Tell me. is: um, Was it ever hard to go from a fixed salary to working on your own? No. Did you ever feel the no. a discrepancy at all, no, where you had that. like a stable income? And then, no? Were you guys doing well as soon as you joined on? Or were there a few years of struggle? No. So the way that I look at it is, yeah. you know, if if you are getting paid a salary, yeah, right? Uh, and there's a lot of consistency. The way that I work, I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I... I uh, you don't mind that... Uh, that, that fear of yeah I've got mm-hmm. no I've no qualms of it right so I don't mind the fact is working for yourself being responsible for making you know X amount of dollars um, and the opportunities are huge right so as long as you can deliver value as long as you can be professional yeah yes yeah, sky's the limit right whereas in a job sky is not really the limit right? well again it's it's uh, what different people want, right? Right, right? So there's nothing wrong with a job. Absolutely. Right? There's Absolutely. there's there's nothing wrong going to work, uh, paying your dues. Absolutely. You know, and and then getting paid. Absolutely. But working for yourself, you get to be a lot more in control. Right. So money comes in both ways, right? Right. You're gonna make money working on a job or you're gonna make money working for uh, or owning your own company. Right. Right? Absolutely. But what you don't get is control. Right? So with your own company, you get to specify what type of verticals you focus in, how you can add value to your customers. Um, you know, you can change your business model very, very quickly if need be. Right. You can be a lot more nimble um, versus working for someone else. You're always, com- you're, you're always confined to um, the peg that they put you in. Right, right. You you move up through the ranks, but even a CEO of a of, of a large company is a is is a is still asking his board and yeah. his stakeholders. Right? Yeah, he's responsible to the stakeholders. Stakeholders tell him, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. You know, uh, we don't like this direction. You're fired, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Here, we're in control of our own destiny, right. which I think which I think is pretty exciting, and I think that's it what it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel like you're in control of your own time as well, even though you're working for uh, yeah, such long hours? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if you know, if 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 you want to take a break, you can. I mean, yeah. even even if you work in a job, you can. But a yeah. job is more so. You know, you have these defined you have to ask and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a defined chunk. But you know, you are responsible for your own success for working for yourself. Um, and uh, that being said, you know, you basically put in the work. Right. And a job too, you have to put in the work. You're working long hours, so there's not much of a difference, right? Right. Um, but I think more so is the you're in control of your own destiny. That's huge. Right. Well, thank you very much for this. I appreciate it. No worries. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you. We'll see thank you, you guys next week. Good cheers.